0: Love Talk Radio. During the pandemic, my lifestyle drastically changed. My income came to a screeching halt. You have to understand, I'm a hustler. I'm a legit entrepreneur. I sell things. I come in contact with people all the time. I have to stay safe. I didn't have a choice but to trust the vaccine. And if you live the type of lifestyle that I live, you out here in these streets, and you hustling, an entrepreneur like me, why not do it safely? So I want everybody to take this seriously. Take a shot at staying healthy. Get the vaccine.
1: Looking for something different? Looking for something fun? Join Dan... Every Monday on the Freedomizer Network, 9 to 10.30 Pacific, noon to 1.30 Eastern, for Common Sense with the Educated Redneck, Dan Ellison. The show
2: about everything and nothing at all.
3: Global Government, The Mystery School, Agenda twenty third, chemtrails and geoengineering, manufactured disasters. We live in a time when awareness about current events and big media deception is critical to be prepared for the events that are rapidly descending upon us. This is Russ from Delivering the Truth and Exposing the Lies. Join Diana and me every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. as we expose the truth big media keeps lying about.
4: Herbal Medicine,
3: yeah. the globalist's real agenda, seen through the propaganda. Thursday nights at 7.30 p.m.
4: Eastern Time. We'll see you there.
5: you should do. I think you should join us for Dynamic Word Bible Studies, where I am always hosting. my name is Felicia derozier, and I have two amazing co-hosts. Cross the favorite you wish. This is Mariah, the real favorite child. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. We spend a lot of time learning about the Bible and possibly a little time learning about humility. That would be awesome, right? Yeah, Yeah, Mariah. We air live every Wednesday from 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to 10.30. Uh, Right now we're going through the Book of Romans, but we're going to start moving into the Gospel of John. We're going to learn about Jesus. We're going to learn about living and walking in the Spirit and learning to be a little humble with those that we live with. It's going to be a great time. I can't wait for you to join us. Right, guys?
4: Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
5: All right, we'll see you then.
4: Bye. Bye.
6: Good morning, good afternoon, and good
5: evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific time for the Living with Freedom show, where we'll embrace what Living with Freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific here on Freedomizer Radio.
7: So let's talk about what's going on in America.
8: Freedom is under attack in your state. Dictator Ron DeSantis incredibly lets you walk around without masks. That tyrant allows your kids to go to school during the pandemic, year two or four, or who the hell knows. I urge you living in Florida to join the fight. Or join us in California, where we'll take the money you earn and give it to people who don't work. Visit San Francisco, where you can walk through human feces. If you're lucky, you might step on a syringe. Check out Los Angeles, where gas is so expensive, your kids only need to skip a meal or two or ten to afford it. California, where freedom means lockdowns for you, while I go to the places you can't afford Don't let them take your freedom. Come to California, where we'll take you, along with your money.
2: Hello to all you filth bags and something duckers that are looking for employment. We are hiring 87,000 new IRS agents. Are you able to knock on doors and demand to see people's tax returns? We need people who are willing to handle firearms. You need to be the government's new army. Your job will consist of number not grades, of people who work as waitresses and did not report all their cash tips, or maybe they had a yard sale and did not report income. You might need to shoot someone dead who is refusing to cooperate, or you may have to deal with some childrens. That part is for me you might need to enforce your will on people by any means necessary to force those 99% delts and in nincompoops to give over all their property to the 1%. If they say they voted for Trump, you kick them in the Comcots. Look, almost 75 million Americans voted for Trump. Another 12 million voted for other candidates. There is another 40 million that voted for Brandon and said something mean about him on SpyBook. We need to teach those political enemies that we mean business as we turn America into a third-world hellhole for all. If you vote Democrat, we will be coming for you eventually. But for now, we are starting the training and first order of work with bringing those right-and-center-wing extremists to those FEMA camps that do not exist. So who wants to work for the IRS? Just go to their website and then we will put you in basic training. Once you prove to us you can handle a firearm and threaten Trump supporters hardcore enough, we will place you on those mean streets and help us confiscate property on all those fuss budgets that did not complete to perfect error-free annual taxation form. Good luck to all you applicants. And good luck all you adults and something like cares who will let us get away with it.
9: Hello Freedomizers, I am Broccoli Man. When I am not fighting crime, I listen to the Proof Negative Radio Show.
2: I am the Wire Ritter. Not only do I forbid you to listen to Freedomizer Radio and the Proof Negative Radio Show, I am going to demand you wear a mask and get your naked body scan. We need to protect the One World Government. You getting the real information hurts a crime syndicate. Do not listen to Proof Negative. You must now disrobe this incident so I can check your person for a constitutional cash money. Anyway,
9: listen to Proof Negative on Freedomizer Radio. Weeknights 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern. 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Freedomizerradio.com
4: Now,
7: let's get back to the Proof Negative show here on Freedomizerradio.com. Welcome to the Proof Negative Radio Show, right here on FreedomizerRadio.com. Now sit back and enjoy the show. another great night here on Freedomizer Radio. Of course, I'm your host, Proof Negative, the big kahuna here on Freedomizer. I want to thank everybody so much for finding us today. Today is Thursday, so we'll have chemo joining us here in just a moment. And if you out there in radio land have anything you want to share tonight, we do have open phones this evening. The number here is 319-527. 6208 and just press lucky number one on your phone and i will make it a point to bring you into tonight's conversation so with that let's go ahead and bring chemo in here so uh chemo welcome in sir Howdy,
10: howdy 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 how are you
0: Well, Welcome back, sir.
10: Thank you.
7: So what's the word on the street out there? How was your polar vortex?
10: Uh, Frozen, thank you. Uh, We literally got to one point in the middle of the night. It was minus 12 degrees. Is that like a record for you? Is that a record for you in Colorado? Uh, No, it's gotten a little colder than that, but... You know, it's very rare in this area, so everybody was in for a little shock.
7: The coldest day I think I've ever been in, in my life, when I had to do a comedy club for a week in Ogden, Utah. I forget the name of the club because it's been like 25 years. But I remember the, the comedy club, they booked us for – Tuesday through sunday and it's it's hard to believe how many people packed into that club, but they did, and it was minus twelve, and the windshield factor pushed it to like minus thirty eight or forty or some weird number like that, yeah, and I just found cool. it I found it so funny that they the comedy club owns the an empty lot right next to it because even back then. You are not allowed to smoke in a uh, any in a in a building. So they they have the empty lot so people could go hot box outside. Yeah, and that they did. I, it's just hard for me to believe. At minus forty, you got people smoking outside. Hey, smokers will smoke no matter when they can. So I never picked up on that tip, but I, I I learned how dedicated smokers are to the craft. Yeah,
10: they're, a, they're a, you know, an addicted bunch. So
7: <laughs> I don't remember you ever being a smoker. You could have been, but I don't remember.
10: I was, but not a lot. Um, I used to smoke off and on, and then after moving to Colorado for a while, I started picking it up again for a little bit, and then... I quit a few years ago and just started vaping instead.
7: Okay. I I think that's where the American public is right now anyway. I think enough people have learned about cigarettes, but they, they want something to smoke, so they vape.
10: Yeah, pretty much. And it's like I live in an area where, you know, most people do not smoke. So usually when people are like, oh, smokers, it smells nasty and everything else, they go, oh, you vape? Ooh, what flavor? That smells good, you know? Yeah. But just think, though,
7: in 50 years, you're going to have people asking for tobacco to return because it's a plant and it grows on the ground. And someone will say before, before it was all uh, adulterated that uh, there there may have been some health benefits sometime way before it, cigarettes became genetically altered
10: uh yeah i'm i'm guessing that's probably going to be you know after all i was i was laughing the other day cuz i was watching youtube and just flipping through stuff and um, I saw where somebody started posting, like, 1980s episodes of American Bandstand. Hmm. So out of curiosity, I clicked on it, and it said all commercials. So it meant that it included the commercials in the broadcast. Yes. And, you know, how many things, you know, in the 80s, everybody was pushing milk on how healthy it was and how good it was for you. And, you know... And nowadays everything's like, you know, milk's bad. <laughs> well, like, milk's and unhealthy. Back then,
7: uh, I forget what year it was, Chemo, but back I think until the early nineties, uh, lawyers were not allowed to create commercials on T V. It might have been the late eighties or early nineties that where they finally were allowed to, to make attorney commercials.
10: It was about the late eighties. And then
7: and then at some point, all the the Pfizer ads started uh, just coming in by the boatload. You know, because Big Pharma
10: wanted their money too. I
7: I I I was trying to just name something that uh, that may have had a, a commercial to it back then, but
0: when when you get two
7: people been... that are, that are nerded out on. On various medication names, I don't know one name from the other. So it's like, oh, do you know what Viventrix is? Oh yeah, I I I know Viventrix, but I think Q is better. And then they start discussing yeah. which one is better between them, and I'm and I'm supposed to be in the conversation somehow. <laughs> that that that's when I turn into Ralph Wiggum, where my cat's breath smells like cat food.
10: That that, that's basically. Yeah, Yeah, I could never really. I could not be one of those people that nerded out on every medication in the world. You know, it's.
4: Well, if you don't, if you you don't have anything wrong with
7: you, you're not going to know the medications. Exactly. My goal
10: is to not know any of them. I only know the couple that I know because I use them. Other than that, you know, I don't care. Right,
7: exactly. So you understand what I'm talking about, right? Because I told that to some people, and it it didn't make sense to them.
10: Uh, I mean, I think the only medication I know laughingly enough that I don't use is Viagra, and that's because... Forever, it was like the number one medication advertised and broadcasted for a while.
4: Mm-hmm.
10: I've,
7: Yeah, I, I, I've i never looked at that particular product, but I do know that there are natural alternatives. Like, there are times when uh, I might be feeling a little run down. So, I do take testosterone every so often from dr irwin there's a nitric oxide and testosterone boost and then there's uh maca m-a-c-a so if i'm feeling like i have one of those low t days i'll uh, i'll pop either of them but that's all like natural vitamins that has nothing to do with prescriptions yeah and there is an actual herb, believe it or not, that's supposed to help in that particular department called uh, horny goatweed. Uh Horny
10: goatweed weed and ma wang. Not a joke. <laughs> no, I've heard of that one. Yeah.
11: I mean, we,
7: we do occasionally talk about health here. I, I enjoy talking about health, but that's something that yeah I never had to discuss that on air but uh as far as nitric oxide, I don't know if I've ever brought that up with you, but I started really getting into that last year after I was hospitalized because it's supposed to aerate your blood and you wanna of course it's a it's a it was a really good detox so I, I I was extremely toxic about this time last year, so I, I had to clean that up.
4: Yeah.
7: the The
10: side effect is that you you have a lot of testosterone. I've never really had it mind tested to have my what my T count is or anything.
7: No, well, I've never been officially tested, but you 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 should know whether you you can participate in uh in being active or not. Oh as, yeah. Uh, as a male that gets it on the regular, you, you know days you have it and days you don't.
10: That that's just how it is. Well, since I don't get it on the regular, you know. <laughs>
7: <laughs> and it's not even an every day or an every week thing, but you know uh just as an example, not even that, but uh, if you are aerating your blood, you, you don't feel as run down, and the, and the testosterone assists with that. So the goal, obviously, is to not feel run down, because if you feel run down, that part's not going to work either.
10: Exactly. So you've got to be on point. That's so, so I get 12 hours of sleep and a four-hour nap.
7: Oh, I can't do that. I don't have enough hours in the day for
10: a 12-hour nap. <laughs> no, on average, I get about six and a half, seven hours of sleep
0: a night. Hmm. So well,
4: I'm pretty goal, lucky.
7: <laughs> my goal is to go to bed at 10 and wake up at 5.
10: My goal is to usually get, go to bed by midnight and wake up by 7, so...
7: Well, my day job starts at 6:30, and i I need to be I need to get show prep done before I go on air. I need to possibly email or call a guest that's on the East Coast because when you have a day job and then a radio show, you have to sneak in show prep by any and all means necessary. Yep. Obviously, you can't just come here and talk off your toes for three hours, so. I have to make it a point to have things to talk about. Otherwise, this will be a very useless show.
10: Yeah. No, mostly lately, it's like I've been a lot of time dealing with, uh, I can't say really the reason why. Well, I can, but I can't mention names or anything. So, Uh but I've been speaking to a lot of lawyers and advocacy, you know, people every day. So. Okay. You know, even talking from like 8 o'clock in the morning until, you know, 5 o'clock in the afternoon gets tiring. Right, I can imagine. I mean, that's like the old days when I was working market research and working with the verification department. It's, you know, on the phone every, you know, it's every day, all day long. It's... No, I know. And, and uh, yeah.
7: usually usually by Thursday, this is what I'm saying is uh. By Wednesday, Thursday, I feel really beat up. And then Friday, Friday, uh, I, I go out to eat with the, the wife. We have our date night. And honestly, if I'm, a, if I'm awake past 8 o'clock on a Friday, it must have been a really good uh, day for high testosterone. Because there's days where I could eat dinner at 5 o'clock and I'm out by 7.15.
10: I have those days in Colorado too. It's called hibernation.
7: Oh, well, it's not that for me. It's just, uh, well, as you know, chemo. This is my third job, so I, I work yep. a day job. I, I run my nonprofit and I do this. So I'm just Friday is. Uh, well, not only is it like my Sabbath, but I, I I'm just burned. So Friday nights I take off internet usually, and uh the wi-fi goes out and i'm i'm done that's just how it is friday night
10: (laughs) friday nights you're usually for me a chance to hang out with a couple of family members and friends because they usually they want to hang out on a friday for a couple hours And then other than that, as soon as they, you know, take off, I'm already in bed and watching my laptop. That's one
7: thing that I could never do my whole life. Well, I will say, uh, when I was a kid, I guess, um, I had a TV in my bedroom. But as an adult, I cannot have a TV in my room. Uh, We don't even have a a working TV right now. And I, I don't miss it. But I could never... I only want to go in my bedroom for sleeping. I don't want any distractions. I don't want Wi-Fi. My wife likes to take her cell phone into into bed, and it, it just makes it a little harder for me to sleep. Cause I could take a nap, but I can't sleep with uh, with all that uh, that
10: 5G and and whatever going on. And see, and I still have that bad habit of. My mind runs faster than my mouth, so I'm Mm -hmm. constantly thinking all the time even when I'm trying to sleep. So that's why I need either music or every once in a while watching YouTube on my tablet as like white noise just to get my brain to focus on something else and then pass out.
7: See, I I, I know a lot of people that do that, but I I can't. I, I don't
10: know. I was thinking of trying at one point, I've got these, uh there's uh, a couple of channels on YouTube that literally have, like, six hours of learning Japanese in your sleep. Okay. And I've always wanted to try that to see if it actually works. Hmm.
7: That's a good idea, I guess, to make it make it useful.
10: Yeah. At least make it productive, you know, (laughs) instead of all the time listening to, you know, greatest hits of the seventies to try to fall asleep or one hit wonders of the eighties.
7: Yeah. I don't know if I told you, but last year and I quit this uh, about six months ago, I, I had exactly one year of episodes of, uh, I, I did Proof Sleeper Cells on another network where I did all the uh, – I did a show based on songs that either barely scraped Casey Kasem's Top 40 or never made it. So I focused on a lot of the songs that were of good quality but may have gotten stuck at number 81 on the Billboard Hot 100, for example. <laughs> But just because a song only got to number 84 doesn't mean it's not a
10: classic. Oh, no. There's quite a few songs that in the long run became cult classics, and they didn't even you know, rank on the charts.
7: Yeah, Sharp Dressed Man by ZZ Top. I think that's one of the greatest misses in, uh, in chart history. Because that, that's their signature song. I don't care about chart placement. That, that is Sharp Dressed Man is ZZ Top's signature song. Unless, unless you want to debate on that, but it only got to like number fifty-six or sixty-five without looking at it.
10: Yeah, everybody—they're more any more from the modern era in the '80s and stuff. They were more known for sharp-dressed man than anything else.
7: Exactly. So you would think that, uh, what was it, uh? Was it Rough Boy or Stages? Their legs, I think, got to number nine. And whichever one it was, uh, Stages or Rough Boy, I think that got to number eight. And that was on their, their follow-up album, uh, Afterburner? Eliminator yeah, was the, yeah. So yeah, are, uh, is somebody going to say more. that Rough Boy is a bigger, uh, is, uh, is much more popular than Sharp Dressed Man? I don't think so.
10: And yet, even though it made a higher number in the chart, it also fell faster, too, because it was like, oh, it was number eight on the top ten charts, and then all of a sudden, you know, next week it was down to, like, 21, and then yeah, whatever it was, yeah. But things like uh, Modern English, I melt with you.
7: Uh, that got to, like, number 76, then it was re-released and got to numbers, like, 71 or some stupid thing. And uh, I, I like to count down stuff like that. And then there's stuff that wasn't even that popular. But there, there's songs that could have, like, been number one for in Australia and New Zealand for six weeks and made the U.K. charts and all of Europe, and it, it got nowhere here. And it's not because yeah. it was a terrible yeah. song. It just for whatever reason, whether the record label didn't buy into it or they didn't pay enough payola or uh, – whatever the radio state the radio the record label didn't want to promote it uh whatever
10: it was bad timing so well well that's like another prime example of that in, you know in the u.s destiny's midnight runners were considered you know a one-hit wonder with come on eileen right. yes yeah Yes. in scotland and ireland and the uk they were seriously a seriously popular band
7: well, I I think a bigger example would be Frankie Goes to Hollywood.
10: Another good example.
7: That's one of the best examples. They had like four or five hits that immediately went to number one and just stayed there. Whereas here, it's like, you know, relax. And it's like, well, that's all they did? Oh,
10: absolutely not. Yeah, pretty much. And nobody realizes, you know, two tribes. Uh, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Um,
7: Jamiroquai is a very underrated band here in the U.S. as well. That's one of my all-time yeah. favorite bands. See, uh, we
4: three, uh,
7: we we spent uh, we spent a bit of time doing side conversation, which I'm fine with, because the other stuff we we pretty much know what's going on right now. There's nothing that's earth shattering that that's, uh but we still will get into it at some point, but oh, yeah, for those of you out there who are looking for new classics, I would highly recommend Jamiroquai. I don't I know mean, if you even only... know them, Timo.
10: Please. You know, the, the song virtual insanity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's but, not know... even their best song in my opinion. Exactly, but it was the most played in the United States, and it got big ratings for video awards. Yes. You know, great visual effects, great song. It made it to number one. It was considered a one-hit wonder when Jamiroquai had, like, five other songs that were very popular in Europe. Right. Yeah,
7: Cosmic Girl, I think, is my favorite song of theirs, but nobody knows it out here. I
10: haven't heard it in a while. Another, another one, real quick, I
7: before can... we move into other type of news stuff. Uh, the Cult. I'll just throw down another band that uh, I think uh, I look at them and I'm I'm just like uh, I don't know how a firewoman or she sells sanctuary. How they were not bigger than what they were. Yeah, pretty much. Do you have any bands like that? Before we move on, bands that you think were oh, underrated or that that should have been mega hits. And uh, I, I know we yeah. could talk about like uh, um, the goth. I'll try to think of some of the goth stuff, like Typo Negative or things like that. I, I don't think they really would have gone mainstream. I'm looking for more of like a, a band that should have gone mainstream. How about the Tubes? Okay. Everybody I actually knows. saw them in concert. Yeah. <laughs> Great show, isn't it? Yeah, I, I I uh I know they had a few hits between 76 and 83. I think She's a Beauty was the last thing that ever charted period.
10: Yeah. I mean, after She's a Beauty, was Love Bomb, but Love Bomb didn't do well at all. You know, it, it didn't chart well on the charts. Yeah. Okay. But, like, She's a Beauty, and then going back to the Completion Backward Principle album, like Top C.G.T. Later, uh, Amnesia, I Don't Want to Wait Anymore. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. And then it wasn't really... Until then, it's you know, other than the seventh the late '70s, when you know, White Punk's on dope, Mondo Bondage, don't touch yes. me there. Uh, okay, well, I like this. I could talk about stuff
7: like this, and somebody knows what I'm talking about. I know we've had music discussions for the past 25 plus years, but it's just nice to yeah, refresh know. on that. Oh,
10: yeah, it was. It was more than just the Chemical Brothers. <laughs>
0: For those that don't know, Chemo and I traveled in
7: the, in the late 90s and early 2000s together doing stand-up shows. And if I drove, I was the DJ because back then I would create mixtapes because uh, the, there was no Sirius XM back then. And so uh, you get whatever the radio gave you or you make uh, your own music. Uh, so I I've made mixtapes and, and force fed everybody into songs that that I thought were cool. That uh, I was just always one of those people that were I've always looked for music that nobody knew anything about.
10: You know, more eclectic bands like they might be giants, Mister Bungle, uh... <laughs> yeah.
0: I
8: had yes,
10: to uh, had a very wide, wide array of music for a while. I did not know, and
7: my computer's about to shut off here. Um, I have an issue that I, I need to get corrected on my computer I, if I, If I do not touch my computer for 15 minutes, it shuts off. It doesn't go to sleep. it just uh, it shuts off. And it's um, in that phase right now where it's in the middle of shutting off, so I can't do anything about it.
10: Oh, great. I was going to say, in the long run, go to your settings and go to uh, uh, your power saver controls.
1: Okay. And it
4: might I'll do be that, as soon, that. As, soon as, uh,
10: <laughs> as
7: soon as it comes on. We'll do that live on air. I don't care. But okay. I just found out uh, before we get into some stuff, I did not know that Nine Inch Nails had one top 40 hit, but they had one. Which one? See, uh, just so you know, closer holds the record for most weeks at number 41 without getting into the top 40. <laughs>
4: and
7: it just. Uh, I really was hoping that Casey Kasem could have counted down closer in the same week that... Uh, no, that wasn't in the same week. That was actually... Uh, it wasn't even in the same year. But I would have really liked to have... Nine Inch Nails is Closer, and then the butthole Surfers with pepper.
10: Yeah, that would have worked.
7: But uh, that got to number 41 for six weeks. And then I thought maybe it was the perfect drug. The perfect drug got to number 46. But uh, the the hand that feeds, that, that actually got into... Like number twenty six or twenty eight without looking at it.
10: Wow. And you would think closer so, would have been higher because it was as far as MTV went, it was more popular video on MTV than it was, you know, on the charts. Yeah.
12: And that's a lot of
10: things with that is KCK some top one hundred and all that. There were a lot of songs that didn't make it, you know, that close to the top 40 or anything. But, yeah, they got major airplay on MTV because of the videos that they, you know, that were involved with them that they played.
7: Right. And so, yeah, if you look back, you're not going to say Nine Inch Nails, wow, their best song was The Hand That Feeds. It's like I barely remember that song. No, but that you're
10: going to think of the video pretty well.
7: No, I could have seen if the perfect drug would have been the the song that would have been the best of theirs, but but uh, it, it was their Nine Inch Nails first three albums that sold it. Everything else is just legacy music to me. Yeah. All right, so let's do this right now. And uh, and so I'm going to go to my settings. All right, tell me what I'm looking for.
10: System. Uh, it should possibly check system first.
7: All right, and then battery saver. I'm on a I'm on i uh, I'm on a desktop, of course.
10: Yeah. Okay. But go to either power saver or battery saver. So additional power settings.
4: Yes.
7: All right, because I'm on high performance, what favors performance but may use more energy.
10: Uh what about a sleep mode? I don't see that on here. Okay, backtrack the system again and see if there's the power of sleep mode. Alright.
7: Is there a search on oh search control panel? I guess uh I'll look for sleep mode.
10: Or energy saver. Well that what not I was conscious on it's like energy saver
7: right, okay, all right, I'll go where I was a minute ago, and I'll just uh, I'll pull that all right, uh, how about power options
10: power options works,
7: yeah, that's where I'm at here, so. Choose when to turn off the display, and I have never. Change advanced power
10: settings. Go to advanced power settings. I have hibernate
7: after or allow wake timers.
10: And what's that say?
7: The setting is 20 minutes. It says hibernate after 20 minutes. So do you want me to – should I change that? Can I get rid of it?
10: Yes. Change that.
7: So how do I – can I – do I have to have it?
10: No, you don't have to have it. You can leave, you know, it on all the time. I've got mine set in 120 minutes just in case if I'm watching a movie, it doesn't crap out on me. But you have a laptop. Yeah. So me, I don't care. There shouldn't be a system operation like that for a regular, a regular desktop computer. For a PC. All right. So there's
7: one that says never. So I'll just, uh, I'll put it on never and see what happens.
10: Yeah, never works.
7: All right, then I won't stress over it. I just did it. We'll see what happens. Thank you for that. We can do on-air yeah, tech and- support while we're discussing uh, side
10: conversations. Hey. What you do now is test time it to see if after 20 minutes it goes off again. Right.
7: All right, well, um, so anyway, what I uh, what we were discussing yesterday with Joanne is uh, it just really seems weird how Vivek Ramaswamy was doing decent, and, uh, and he backed out and is now going to tour with Trump. Does that
10: mean anything? I think it does, but give me a minute. I'll be right there. <laughs> I
7: to, all right, if you need me to play a commercial real quick, I'll do so.
10: Well, I just needed to step away from the computer for a minute while taking care of something. So give me a minute, and I'll all be right there. All right, I'll,
7: I'll play a, a, a set of commercials, so that's fine. See you in a minute. Alright.
11: Okay, class,
7: class, we want to talk about what we learned during the lockdown. The first question is, what did we learn during the quarantine, kids?
11: Susie, that government overreach is real. What about you, Johnny? We went from home of the brave to home of the government slave. And you, Michael?
7: We need to refresh the tree of liberty. What about you, Diane?
8: So many sheep are willing to give up their rights because of a little fear.
7: Very good, class.
13: Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems. Literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job.
7: About 20% of all produce, never makes it off the farm.
13: It's because they just look
5: a little funny, a little weird, but when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food. It's
8: just a total shame. It's
4: totally good
13: stuff. We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's doors.
5: beauty standards for an apple.
13: This isn't that ugly at all. Like, that's the most common first box, like, complaint we get. We change that. We educate people. We show them how amazing these recent and vegetables are. To
14: have food delivered to your house. A box
5: of produce every week.
14: And it's more affordable at a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store.
5: I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open would-
14: High quality produce. There's
5: nothing wrong with the produce. and they taste exactly the same, it's not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year.
14: And
13: it's delivered to your door like, but
7: so why wouldn't you do, why wouldn't you do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce.
15: You heard Klausy McSchwab's first two records. Vaccine back, spec back, all night. You know nothing and be happy.
9: But this one is going to make your modified mRNA tingle. Time Lies presents Greatest Schwab's Volume 15. A new world order in music
15: one two three four five Also, unvaccinated are still alive a little bit of Pfizer in my arm a little bit of biontech does no harm a little johnson johnson does the trick a little AstraZeneca so you don't get sick it's booster number five Let's talk about wax, baby. Let's talk about Dr. cheese. Let's talk about all the weird and counter-side effects, maybe. Let's talk about wax. Let's talk about Vax. Come and take the seven shot. The seven shot. This a little luck you get. My, 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 oh! My, 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 myocarditis. You won't have to be rich. With CBDC, you'll have all you need With central currency We just take your extra wealth and your Cash And you can walk 500 steps But not a single step Have more until the curfew activates And robot cops stand at your door just a small town boy drinking. Genetically more that fights or boy. This insurance he doesn't co-create. Please stop breeding. Stop the breeding. We are almost nine billion people. Please stop breeding right now. He didn't start surprise We just made you take it Even if you hate it
9: Greatest Schwab's, Volume 15 Now available on Spotifyzer And MRN Apple Music
15: I don't care who you are Where you're from Don't care what you want You will eat the box.
7: All right, so you made it back?
10: Yeah, I made it back.
7: All right, I was asking about uh, about Vivek Ramaswamy dropping out and endorsing Trump and announcing that he is going to be traveling with Trump.
10: Well, did you see uh, the speech from New Hampshire?
7: Uh, yes, actually I did.
10: Okay. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Everybody thought that, you know, and we kind of thought, too, that Ramaswamy would have better numbers in the long run. Yeah. And then when, you know, Trump Trump was a landslide in Iowa, that Ramaswamy was like 7%, all of a sudden he took a – he made a statement that he was taking, a, you know, a hold on his, pres- on his presidential run. And then the very next thing you know, he was in New Hampshire talking with Trump. His right. thing, he was endorsing him. To me, that doesn't seem like a suspension in his campaign. That means a flat out quit.
7: <laughs> right, but what is, uh, does Vivek get something for this?
10: Um, honestly, maybe the vice presidency. Either the vice presidency or one hell of a cabinet post if he's elected. Yeah. Well, you know, how we you know, we were saying last week, you know, what the possibilities of each candidate were just to be his vice president and I think at this point Ramaswamy's kind of a front runner. <laughs> 'Cause he Trump doesn't just let anybody speak for the Republican Party. Right. Exactly. Yeah, he let Ramaswamy completely say his mind on that stage. And that says something. You know, usually somebody, you know, sorry, I took a break for one quick second. Um, yeah. Usually, you know, Trump will have somebody come on stage and go, you know, Trump is a great guy, but for Trump, you know, I'm going to endorse him. Thank you. Good night. No, he flat out let Ramaswamy stay what he wanted to say about the school system and everything that's wrong with this country and how Trump could, you know, make it, you know, make changes. He had a lot of information for, you know, only speaking, you know, that he ran the table for a while. So So I I wonder, I wonder, though, Nemo,
7: if if Trump liked what he saw during the debates. Because that's...
4: uh,
7: Yeah, so Vivek ran a he, – he he basically ran the offense on those stages. Yes. And, you
10: know, it takes a great person like that to be a great leader. And, you know, Ramaswamy led the field on everybody.
7: Yeah, the only thing that was holding Ramaswamy back is nobody knew who he was. Well, two things. Nobody knew who he was. And if you like Trump, why would you vote for Ramaswamy? Exactly. <clears throat> so I, I think Vivek knew where he was at. Because even uh, I, I heard him interviewed on Glenn Beck and Alex Jones, and both of them said, uh, I'm voting for Trump, but I think you're, the, you, you're on fire right now. So I, I think he read the handwriting. And everybody likes him, but if if you're saying, vote for me, I'm going to keep Trump's policies, why not vote for Trump?
10: And if that's the case, too, why not Trump have him as his vice president, so this way he grooms him for the next election?
7: Well, we, we're trying to not to use the word groom anymore, because uh, th- that means a different thing now. Okay, educate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, establish, so to speak. Yeah, we don't want an Epstein Island moment. We're not we're not gonna sell pizza napkins and hot dog maps. <laughs> but uh that that is that is right though, and the thing with with educating or, or mentoring, if you will, that might be a better word. But mentor you have to, you have to that come that. you have to come with something. it's not just like I'm going to show you everything I do. You actually have to come with some offense. You have to have game before you can step up your game.
10: Uh, there's a really bad joke to that. I'll leave it alone.
4: <laughs> All right.
7: well, but front, but No, but it's it I
10: understand. No, but... All of a sudden, with the way we were describing it, it almost seems like Aladdin when he was showing Jasmine, going, "I can show you the world." <laughs> oh, okay. <clears throat> but I didn't want it. I didn't want it to sound racist because you know Ramaswamy would have to be Jasmine. <laughs>
4: uh,
7: no, I, I. I just think that that the only thing that held Ramaswamy back was that Trump was in the race. And now, if Vivek is the, is the vice president, you got somebody who runs the same offense as Trump with, uh, in some respects, well, I think Trump and Vivek have basically, Vivek might have the better mouth at this point. And the thing with Pabek is he's more up-to-date on more of the current situation than Trump is. So you might get somebody that's just as dangerous but knows more about what the game is. And even more,
10: he knows more about modern America.
7: That's what I'm talking about.
10: Exactly. You know, it's kind of funny that... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead.
7: No, go ahead. Oh no, I'm, I'm I'm conceding. Go for it.
10: You know, as I said it was kind of funny that I also saw something on, uh, um, I forget which news agency it was, but it wasn't the fake mainstream media. Yeah, it was it like it was what? Was it fake news media or real news? Um, uh, no, real news, not fake news. All right. And they literally went to the Bronx, to Brooklyn, New York, who is considered the bluest region everywhere, and they sat there and did a poll and did, you know, man-on-the-street interviews, and they're all now voting for Trump. Well, you got
3: the
7: south side of Chicago. You got the projects that are voting for Trump.
10: Yeah, okay, so. finally, people are starting to open their eyes in some of the bluest areas. And it happens to be some of the most poverty areas. Right.
7: It's funny, though, that the the only people that are still on the, on the Brandon bandwagon
10: is the white liberal. Uh, the white female liberal, to be exact. Well, they don't know what a woman is, so that's hard to say. Yeah, i was going to say they can't even define what a woman what a woman is. So Right.
4: <sighs>
10: Sorry, taking a breather for a second. Still dealing with a seriously sore throat tonight.
7: <laughs> oh, that's all right. I'm I I I tend to talk in spurts. I I'm, uh, it's almost time for me to take more arnica oil because of when I, I had my concussion uh, last month. That occasionally I still get, I still get headaches.
10: So uh, I in, gonna a, say, in about thirty minutes, I'll get, take some more. Do you still get Fetterman disorder? Uh, no, I don't think I'm John Fetterwoman. <laughs>
4: John.
7: Did I tell you about John. that? I, I was petting both of my dogs and our Doberman puppy got a little excited and just got up and banged me right in my head. And I was yeah. You uh, that. Yeah, my mouth was bleeding. I was throwing up. Uh, I still it still hurts occasionally. So I've been taking arnica oil, and uh, I, I'm not going to go to a doctor right now. It's it's not that bad. I, I'm. I'm not going to say I'll never see a doctor, but I, I, if I can't treat it myself, I'll go. But I try to do things myself first, because I don't want anything made by Pfizer.
10: Well, as long as you don't start running around in your underwear with a fork in your hand, poking it at the toaster, going, "Why isn't the radio working?" I think you're doing okay. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> So, but yeah, to me that was a total shock when I saw that last week. It was all of a sudden, you know, the the Iowa caucus came out and you know, I thought Vivek would do better than the 7% that he did, you know. And it's Well, we like, were scheduled you know, to
7: get Vivek. Uh, we were scheduled to get Vivek on an upcoming Tuesday. We still oh, might. Nice. But uh but I, I I have to confirm that because if he's not running, I, I'm sure he'll do an interview. Everybody that's interviewed him says, like, certain people want you to don't talk about this, don't talk about that. But like, uh, I'm not pre-recording. You can ask me anything right here, right now, and you can watch the DVR after it, and you can see what, what happened.
10: I can respect uh, that. Yeah. This last week, um, Vivek did an interview, you know, late night with Greg Gutfeld. Yes. And he did it from a convenience store. (laughs) It wasn't on a podium. It wasn't in a fancy hotel room or anything else. He literally did his 15-minute interview from the back of a 7-Eleven. Right. Oh, he ain't never scared. Yeah, exactly.
7: <laughs> and that that it's stuff like that that I think makes him a
10: good leader. Yeah, because it's not you know you know in a fancy you know doing an interview from a fancy office or a green screen studio or you know anything of that sort. He literally was in a freaking Seven Eleven. Yes. And... You know, the, the cashier, what did they, he told them ahead of time, hey, look, I got to do this interview, so I'm doing it from the back of the store. Do you mind? He's like, oh, it's you. Go ahead.
7: Yeah.
10: You know, he didn't wait to, like, get in the car, you know, and try to, you know, make himself look busy or important or anything. No, he did it from a
4: <laughs>
10: I would I would love a president that would be like, my fellow Americans. You know, I'm standing here at Pizza Hut right now, getting getting my double deal on and, <laughs> and meanwhile while I'm struggling for food just like you guys, let me tell you what's going on. You know. That's the kind right. of president or at least the President Vivek, Vivek would be. And
7: I, I think I, that's I, what we need.
10: Yes, it's a lot more refreshing than, you know. Well, we'll we'll get we'll get answers from the president when he's done taking his nappy nap.
7: Right, exactly. It's just funny to me with the current regime. Uh, it's the crack of 9 o'clock in the morning. I I, I got to see you tomorrow.
10: Yeah, he gets up at 10 o'clock for his 11.30 meeting with someone, and then by 12.30 he's already in the limo and back to the White House and already nappy-nap time.
7: Yeah. Yeah, but uh, the Gateway Pundit has on there. Main page today that uh, it it's uh, it's looking very serious about Big Mike getting ready. <sighs>
10: what, Mike Pence. He doesn't stand a chance.
7: I'm talking about Michael Robinson Obama. He he's a very nice lady. Oh name. yeah.
10: I don't think she's prepped and ready for this.
7: But the thing is, uh, if you look at it, though, that if you get people from the south side of Chicago and in Harlem that are are walking away in, in huge crowds of people saying they don't want this, that's the one person that they would hang their hope on and say, come back. Look what we got. Never mind it's Obama's fourth term. Uh, they're hoping that they could catch people walking out of the exit and coming back
10: to sit in their seat. And that's just the thing. It's not just, you know, a lot of the Democrats that are switching Republican or a lot of the Democrats are saying that they're going to now vote for Trump aren't doing it just because of Biden. It's because of Democratic policies that failed.
7: Right. But that's all they have left because the Democrats are not going to change their policies. once you're hooked on communism, you're not going to walk it back and say, you know what, I think you should own things. This is the first time where you're seeing an incumbent president running on taking away your freedom. And I don't care what political party it is, I'm just going to pick the, the, the side that offers me the opportunity to have more freedom and more money in my pocket. And if uh, if Robert F. Kennedy... Provided that as a Democrat over Nikki Haley, I would take Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I- I'm just
10: saying. I'm not. I'm not aligned to anybody. I- I'm just aligned to my pocketbook. You know, I want the freedom to run around in my underwear with a fork in my hand, poking at the toaster, going, "Why isn't the radio working?" I understand. Sometimes it's like that. Exactly.
15: <laughs> well.
7: Yeah, I know there's some days where you want to wave your genitalia on the Jumbotron at
10: Yankee Stadium. I get it. I've only done it at a 7-Eleven security camera. (laughs) Oh, all right. Uh, That was a me and Doug Stanhope joke where he actually lost a bet. (laughs) That was a lot of that was part of a true story. When I used to do the joke about weenie waving, yeah, yes, I remember it. That that's why I brought that up. Yep. Because I always thought it would be great just waving at that one camera that's got on every TV in Walmart. Mm. but I don't want to scare old ladies and children so I decided not to
7: <laughs> No,
10: I I just uh, like I said, I
7: think it it would be great at the uh the Dallas Cowboys stadium or or Yankee Stadium or or something like that. Yeah, if you're going to go, you got to go all out.
10: Uh why not? <laughs>
7: All right, so where was I? We were, we're way, way out there.
10: <laughs> Still talking about the about you know the possibility of Vivek being you know Trump's vice president.
3: Yeah, I don't know.
7: I think he's in the top five. I I've heard Elise Stanefact which is all which is also from New York. I've heard Dr. Ben Carson, I've heard uh Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I've heard Carrie Lake, Tucker Carlson. Uh but my my biggest concern right now is that I don't want to poll like I'm Trump or something, but I, I I don't want to see a Republican pulled from the Senate or Congress. We need the Republicans to stay right there. We need to get the rhinos out and put the real Republicans in. And I don't want anybody that's going to take away a potential majority.
10: Hell it would be nice if they could get just anybody could get on the same page at any time these days. Right, and I I, I
7: do think though before it's too late, I I think that right now people are starting to wake up, and there's uh, there's a video that I needed to upload to the queue, and I did not, so I have to do that. Well, let me see which one it is here. All right. I thought I had it here. I'm looking in my queue here. Oh, there it is. All right. Let me see if I have it here. I let me. If I ever show you the switchboard, I'll show you how I organize stuff.
10: If not, right. from this end tapped into uh, my phone system right now. Um, yeah. I could actually bring up the speech from Vivek Ramaswamy from the, when he was with Trump in New Hampshire. I think I have that.
7: I'll have to confirm. I think I have it already. And we still have Mr. Broccoli to do today, too.
10: Oh, of course. I have not heard this week's episode, even though you sent it to me two days ago. Well,
7: I figured you wanted it for the show, so I just wanted to make sure you had it. Oh, yeah. All right, so this is just a four-minute clip from Dan Bongino that uh, he's talking about how the culture war is turning. So let me get this out of the way. Folks, the oh,
0: culture okay. war is
3: turning. It's turning. Remember this lady at Bud? Remember the lady who thought it was a good idea because Bud was a fratty with the worst, worst vocal fry you've ever heard in your life? Remember this lady, who was apparently was behind the Bud campaign to get involved with Dylan Mulvaney, who was one of the voices on it? Here, take a listen to this one.
5: I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like we Mm -hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my, what I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what is what what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm -hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out-of-touch humor, and it was really important that we had another approach.
3: Oh, yeah, they've got another approach. Moving from the, what, number one beer in the country to, like, number 47 or something? That's some approach. We have to see people represented. work. No, you don't have to see it. Just give us a freaking beer. Justin said it right. Put a horse in there, a Clydesdale, some kids on a beach in bikinis and shorts and stuff playing volleyball or whatever. Maybe do a... Hop gun thing or something? It's freaking beer, dude. It's Friday. Yeah, but Who the hell drinks beer? Yeah. People who happen to party who go to press. Are these stupid? Holy Moses. Well, here's the update. Why am I bringing that up? Exclusive Daily Caller. Top end, how's your book. Mark, marketing executives responsible for boycott are no longer employed. Tell me hey. again, how. Tell me how we're, we're losing. Tell me again how we're losing. Because I'll laugh in your face. Keep telling us you're coming for our kids. We're going to have to play that Roger Scare uh, F Around and Find Out video one day for you. Maybe you should watch that. I'll play it on the radio show later. It's time. You need to watch that. Don't mess with people's kids. They don't like it. But folks, I promise you, the damn Bongino cannibalism theory, where all of these intersectional groups start to eat each other alive and realize Karens are the problem, is happening right freaking now. Here's a great woman, Azra Namani. She's at this protest in occupied Montgomery County. Muslims, Ethiopians, evangelicals, white people, black people, all they are saying, you know what? You're not going to teach my kid how to perform oral sex in, like, third grade. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. I'm really sorry. Watch Azra Namani's coverages. This is great.
13: Here we are
5: at the corner of Chambers Drive and Maniche Street.
6: And this is where intersectionalism came to die. This is where the woke army, this unholy alliance between
5: the Muslims and the far left, came to die. What I have behind me is
6: hundreds of Arab Muslims, Ethiopian Christians, Peruvian, Catholics, and so many others. Let's go see them.
15: Freedom, we want rights! We want freedom, we want rights! love our children.
4: We
0: love our children. We 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 will never
3: surrender our children. Ladies and gentlemen, remember the words of Aeneas: right? The victor is not victorious until the vanquished considers himself so. That was a clip from the Dan Bongino show. You can watch the full show. We recommend you do on Rumble. Go to rumble.com slash Bongino, please, and subscribe for free. We appreciate it.
7: Actually, I have a, a second Dan Bongino I want to throw out here right now. All right. What happens when Trump
4: wins?
3: Get ready, coming up, for two significant developments that are going to happen as Trump starts to close in. Folks, we're going to see what happens in New Hampshire. I don't want to preemptively get ahead of anything. That's a big mistake in politics. There's going to be a red wave. The primaries, are, it's not over. There are still three candidates in the race. It's not over. Okay? these these uh DeSantis and, and Haley are still fighting. What's going to happen? I don't know. New Hampshire, if Trump wins big there, I would suspect at that point or probably close the thing out. But we'll see. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We still got a fight on our hands for a lot of different things. And we definitely got a fight in the general election. I don't want to hear about polls. Trump's up 72 points. I don't care. You should be running like Trump is 50 points down. Because as Trump closes in on the nomination, you are going to see two things ramp up. Censorship under the guise of, hey, we're just trying to get free and fair elections and prevent disinformation, so, i.e., we need to censor people. And you are going to see increasing calls for riots and coups. No. Yes. Just read their own words. Folks, remember the infamous Time Magazine article? I want to hat tip Jeff Carlson, because I've read this article probably 50 times. But every time I read it, I see something new. And I was scrolling through Twitter yesterday, and the great Jeff Carlson had pointed out these two lines that I missed. I read over this, and I never caught this. This article in the New York Times, excuse me, in Time magazine, is an absolute killer for the left. It describes openly their coup riot plan if Donald Trump were to win, okay? This was for 2020, but I assure you this absolutely applies now. You've seen it before. It's called the secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. This is the guidebook. Listen to me. This is the leftist guidebook for what they are going to do in this election if Donald Trump doesn't win. Just read their own words. Number one, on the censorship fight, they are going to censor people. You are not going to be able to speak if Donald Trump closes in on this thing. They are going to use every single thing in their power to squash Facebook, to squash TikTok, Snapchat, all of these outlets take control. Folks, my Facebook page is one of the biggest in the country— We are being throttled right now like crazy on Facebook. I could show you the numbers. It is devastating. It is already starting. And it's going to be done under the guise of disinformation. You doubt me? They write about it. Look at it right here. Time. The disinformation defense. Bad actors spreading false information is nothing new. What do they mean by that? They mean conservatives telling you the truth. For decades, campaigns have grappled with everything, from anonymous calls claiming the election has been rescheduled to flyers spreading nasty smears about candidates' families. But Trump's lies, you notice it. Trump's lies are different. Trump's lies are different. And conspiracy theories, the viral force of social media, and the involvement of foreign meddlers made disinformation a broader, deeper threat to the 2024. You get it? Joe, you get what's my... my Yeah. (laughs) You get it? You see what they're going to do? We need (laughs) to censor conservatives because the bigger problem is Trump's lies and Russians or something like that. So we should censor people before the election. I got video coming up too, I'm gonna show you how this is a global thing. I am, this show is ahead of everyone. You understand, you're watching this show, you already know their plan. They are going to censor the out of you in the coming months. And as Trump gets closer to GOP nod, it is gonna get worse by the day. I could show you my Facebook and you'll see exactly what I mean. This is going to get worse. Censorship, number one. Number two, get ready for their calls for riots and their calls for coups. This is the part Carlson picked up on. The disinformation thing I had seen, but this is the part I missed in this piece. I want you to read every single word of this with me. So they note to their street team during the 2020 election that was getting ready to riot if Donald Trump won, won they note, so the word went out, stand down. Why? Because they thought Biden won. Protective Results announced that it would not be – Protective Results announced uh, – that's the name of the group, Protective Results – announced that it would, quote, not be activating the entire National Mobilization Network today. Wait, hold on. Joseph, what the f- – is that? The National Mobilization Network? Chatsters, chatsters, what the hell is the National Mobilization Network? Sounds to me like the National Riot Coup d'Etat Network. That's it, what's that, that's it.
1: Sounds kind of commie to me.
3: i bet. They will not be activating the entire national mobilization network today, but it remains ready to activate it ne- if necessary. Wow. It's almost like they're admitting there's a national mobilization network. How do I know that? Because they freaking said it. On Twitter, outraged progressives wondered what was going on. Why wasn't anyone trying to stop Trump's coup? Notice how it's Trump's coup, not theirs. <laughs> this is hilarious. Where were all the protests? But Horzer, this is one of the guys uh, organizing this thing, credits the activists for their restraint. Listen to this. Listen to this. They had spent so much time getting ready to hit the streets on Wednesday, i.e. the day after Election Tuesday, but they did it, he says. In other words, they restrained themselves, but they were ready because basically because Biden won. Ladies and gentlemen, they're freaking telling you what they're going to do. You can be a lefty all-you-want, criticize this show. Free speech, brother. All I ask is one thing. If you're going to take a dump on this show and you're going to do your media matters drill, I just ask one thing, and I, I, I beg of you, just please include the transcript of the show so when people read it, they can find out that Dan Bongino says there's going to be a coup and riots and people were ready in the streets. I'm not saying it dipshit. I'm saying nothing of the sort. I'm reading your own words, you lefty lunatics. That's why. That was a clip from the Dan Bongino show. You can watch the full show. We recommend you do on Rumble. Go to rumble.com slash Bongino, please, and subscribe for free. We appreciate it. All right, so,
7: yeah, I don't think that's a stretch.
10: Nope. (laughs) So, did you ever find the Ramaswamy speech from Trump?
7: Uh, I think I have it. I'm. I'm still. I was looking through my stuff. Um. Yeah, I have let it here. Play. I think. I All right. Let, it me let me see. I think I have it. So let me. Uh, let me upload it. It's just going to take a few minutes. But it might be a radio interview, so uh, I'll see when I have it up.
10: Yeah. I was going to say, if not, I can play it. I just want to know how good the sound quality is over the phone. Uh, All right. So how
7: long is your clip? Nine minutes. Yeah, mine's nine minutes, 14 seconds. So maybe we have the same clip.
10: Yeah, I think we do. All right. It It should be Ramaswamy joins Trump at the New Hampshire rally to encourage voters to support him. Okay. Well, go for it. All
1: right. Let me know how good the video, or the audio quality is. I do worry about ten more months with these people, as they can do a lot of damage. What they're doing to our country is very sad. We were the first candidate ever to get more than 52% of the vote. We now uh, have our eyes on a very special place. You know what that place is? New Hampshire. And I know that New Hampshire will never let us down, just like in 2016. You remember that? We came in here, and we won in a landslide 2016. It's time for the Republican Party, however, to unify, come together, and move forward as one team. We have to beat crooked Joe Biden. We have to beat him. Our country is at stake, and we need to focus on all of our resources. We have to put them into energy and effort and defeating Biden and all of these radical left lunatics, what they're doing to our country. We can't let it happen. We cannot let it continue. We're going down, and we cannot let it continue. Last night, I was honored to receive the endorsement of a man who has become a true leader and earned the admiration of so many patriots. I've been a friend of his, even though we were competing against each other. But I was a friend of his, and we got along, and he was saying he's a great president. I kept saying, why is he running? He keeps calling me a great president. But he's a fantastic guy, a very smart guy. He's got some tremendous ideas, and uh, he's young, and he's got some young ideas. So he has a big, beautiful, bright future ahead, Vivek Ravishwami. Come on up, Vivek.
0: Do this, guys. Good to see you. Good to be back in New Hampshire. We miss you guys. We're gonna make this happen, and you guys know this well. You know this man. You know why we're here, patriots across the state. We are in the middle of a war in this country. That's what this is. It's not a war between black and white. It's not between Democrat and Republican. Even in a deeper sense, between the permanent state and the everyday citizen, Between those of us who love the United States of America and a fringe minority who hates this country and what we stand for. And right now we need a commander in chief who will lead us to victory in this war. That's what we need in this country. You gotta know you're in a war to win one. You can't win one if you're at the switch, have your head stuck in the sand like most Republicans. And I think that's going to require somebody who isn't bought and paid for, a businessman, not a politician. Anybody heard of that? And that's why I was in this race. But I'll tell you, the people of Iowa spoke loud and clear last night, and I'm a big believer that we the people create a government that is accountable to us, not the other way around. That we the people choose who leads this country. And so we heard We, the people, last night, and that is why last evening I met my friend here. We met in person, and I told him that I would endorse Donald J. Trump for president of the United States and do everything in my power to lead us to victory in this war. It is a 1776 moment right now. That's where we live right now. And you want to know, what does it mean to be a Republican today? It means we believe in the ideals of 1776. Ideals like freedom and merit and the pursuit of excellence that you get ahead in this country not on the color of your skin but on the content of your character and your contributions and affirmative action and DEI. We are done with the nonsense. Send it back home. It means you believe in the rule of law. And I say this as the kid of legal immigrants to this country. That means your first act of entering this country cannot break the law, and that is why we need to use our military to secure our own southern border in this country. That's what it means to stand for the rule of law in the United States of America. It means the people we elect to run the government needs to be the ones who actually run the government, not the shadow government in the deep state that runs the show today. This man is going to get in there this time around and actually shut down that deep state, not messing around this time anymore. That's how we win this war in this country. And the way we're actually going to do this in the long run and win this this time around is with elections we need to secure in this country for the long run. You want to know what needs to happen in this country, single-day voting on Election Day as a national holiday with paper ballots government-issued ID to match the voter file, and English as the sole language that appears on a ballot. And I'm confident this man will be the one to get us there. And this is how we get our country back. Not black or white, deeper than that. These are the ideals of the American Revolution. And you know what? We do have some enemies that we need to defeat on the other side, but we have challenges to address in our own party right here at home. So you know what, if you want somebody who's going to voice stalk you to use your social media account, you want to use a driver's license to do it, have the right to use the Internet, this man's not your man. There's another candidate in this race who will do that for you. It's Nikki Haley. You want to send, you want to cut Social Security, you want to cut Medicare, you want to cut veterans' benefits so we can fork over more money to Ukraine so some kleptocrat can buy a bigger house? Vote for Nikki Haley, not this man right here. But if you want to actually put an agenda that puts Americans first, to say that the moral obligation of your leaders is to the citizens of this country, not another one, there's not a better choice left in this race than this man right here. And that is why I am asking you to do the right thing as New Hampshire and to vote for Donald J. Trump as your next president, because we're not working with a lot of time here. If our kids are in high school before we get this right, we don't have a country left. That's what it means. We've been celebrating our diversity and our differences for so long that we forgot all of the ways that we are the same as Americans, bound by that common set of ideals that set this country into motion. We believe those ideals still exist. This man is going to be your next president to revive them. E pluribus unum. From many one. And you know how we're doing it? We're doing it by speaking the truth at every step of the way. There are two genders in this country. Period. That is the truth. Fossil fuels are a requirement for human prosperity. Drill, frack, burn coal, embrace nuclear energy. Reverse racism is racism. An open border is not a border. Parents determine the education of their children. The nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to mankind. Capitalism lifts us up from poverty. There are three branches of government in the United States, not four. And the U.S. Constitution is the strongest and greatest guarantor of freedom in human history. That is the truth we fight for the truth we stand up for the truth that is what won us the American Revolution that is what reunited us after the Civil War that is what won us two world wars in the Cold War that is what still gives hope to the free world and if we can revive that dream over group identity and victimhood and grievance then nobody in the world Not a nation, not a corporation, not a virus, not China is going to defeat us. That is what American exceptionalism is all about. That is what we are going to revive to, yes, make America great again. Vote for this man right here in the New Hampshire primary. God bless you and your families, and may God bless our United States of America. Thank you, New Hampshire. Good to see you guys. We're coming back and winning this in a landslide. We will not stop until we get this job done. Thank you all. God bless you and your family.
10: Did yeah. you hear it okay?
7: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, didn't, uh, okay. I didn't message or anything. I heard it
10: great. <laughs> <clears throat> I said to me that was a great speech of, of endorsement. Yes. And that's what made me think, too, that the moment he said thank you and everything, and he shook Donald Trump's hand and hugged him, and they talked for a couple seconds before Donald Trump went back to the stage again. Yeah. It almost makes me think that he is, you know, educating him to be vice president. That wouldn't shock me. But you know, that's my take on it, so Yeah. All right, so uh do
7: we want to uh go ahead and handle Mr. Broccoli. Uh yeah.
10: All right. Alright, so do you still have it? Do you need me to send it again? No, I'm getting bringing it up right now. Give me one second. Yes. Yeah. At the same time as I'm getting a leg cramp. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, Okay. You ready?
4: Okay.
10: Yeah, because it doesn't get the ads.
7: (laughs) All right, let me know. All All right, right. so this year, if you're looking for it on Rumble, because we don't do YouTube, we do Rumble. So this is Debate with G-Lobalist, January 2024. So, I'll count it down.
0: Two,
6: one, action. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another debate. This debate is sponsored by Liza Mika Pharmacia Dickels. Tonight we have someone on that is so wrong, we are not even going to say his name. Please just name him Person 1. No, you better not be applauding for this loser.
9: I am Broccoli man.
6: And here we have the correct way of thinking. We have the greatest voice in the world. He is the person that will help us get through these new diseases being made in a Wuhan laboratory. The nicest globalist in the world. Mr. G. globalist and his favorite superhero, the wiretap. I said, we have G. globalist and the wiretap. Please applaud them.
11: I hate you all.
2: Do not worry, soon we shall be rounding up all of you fuss budgets and delts. You will be going to the FEMA camps. That do not exist.
6: Before we get started we are giving everyone in this audience today a free Leiseneca Freedom Microchip. We are also giving you something Duck Airs a 30% off coupon if you schedule an appointment for the Leiseneca Suicide Pod.
11: Please do take advantage of that 30% off coupon. We need you all dead so we can take over the entire Earth.
7: We do not care.
6: Our first question tonight. Are you in favor of the World Health Organization taking over as the One World Government? They will dictate that you must wear scams at all times. You must get every gene therapy. And you will be required to have a Lysenek microchip. Person 1, you may reply.
9: No, I do not.
6: Your time is up. Geolobulus, can you please tell us why this is necessary? We are looking forward to serving you.
11: Thank you, Martha. We need to continue to create new diseases in our laboratories in Wuhan, China. These diseases will help us take control over the entire Earth. Soon all of your leaders will agree to give the sovereignty of your nations to the World Health Organization. Brandon has already agreed to give up more of the United States than any other country. You something duck cares and doves are going to be so screwed when we finish testing this disease X. You yucks best shut up that hearing right now. Most of the country has no clue or does not care because they hate Trump.
2: Don't forget sir, once we have taken control over every nation, we will start the digital currency system. Thank you wire it up,
11: yes we will take control of everyone's finances. You bank accounts will go to us. We will say it is an attack by Trump supporters. So in order to obtain funds, you must sign up for universal basic income. When you get your free money from the government, you must receive a microchip on your person. You must always be up to date on your gene therapies. Furthermore 99% test must always for the love of Klaus Schwab, to wear a bleeping scam on that face at all
2: times. That is correct. From now on for everyone's safety, you must always have your kumquats and ice cream cones exposed at all times. That goes through people who do not have ice cream cones. You must allow your nether regions to be seen at all times. But you must 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 always keep a bloody scam on that face.
11: I despise his looking at all the pieces of excrement.
6: Thank you for the great explanation. Almost 100% of the American public agree with you and you taking over everyone's lives.
9: Brandon is the first person to run for president that is offering to take rights away.
2: You buy We are going to replace Brandon with Michael Robinson Obama. Michael Robinson Obama is a very nice lady.
6: Why do you think that is wiretap? Brandon's poll numbers are some of the best in world history. With just over 140 million eligible voters in America, we have already printed out 167 million votes for Brandon.
9: Isn't that more fake ballots than there are registered voters?
6: Martha please get some tape
11: over that yet too mouse. We do not want him ruining our crime syndicate.
9: G Lobalist, why are you on Epstein's flight log over 35? <laughs>
2: You shut your app up right this instant or I will demand you show your Comcords and ice cream cone on this stage right this instant. I need to check your person to see if you are hiding any extra gas-powered engines inside your junk.
9: And Wiretap, you were on that flight log 52
2: times. <coughs> I will have you no green dude. I was only that a little child runs. That's gross.
6: Anyway, what do you think of Hunter Biden in Congress hearings?
11: He should be arrested.
6: Person 1, you need to shut your soup hole. This is for geoliberalists.
11: Hunter Biden is a great ambassador to our decaying the United States. If he can help us sell more crack and panthenol, then we can depopulate the United States more than tenfold. We need to replace you American useless eaters with these migrants that will simply do as they are told.
6: I agree, you libelist. We need to be kinder all these undocumented friends of Americans.
2: I don't care about those fools. I only care about them bringing in more children for us to control. I can always <coughs> use more pizza napkins and hot dog maps. We need to
11: bring as many single military-age men into the United States as possible. We need to ensure that we can have a civilian army even greater than the American military. We need those people to keep the American citizens in line with the fury of hate and victory. We will unleash our new app heads and buffoons. Even Barry Soweto said we need this when he ran for election in 2008.
6: That is so loving and liberal, Mr. Libelist.
9: How is that loving?
2: That is it. You are here by now required to remove your garments and put them in front of my person right this instant. I am going to have to swab your buttocks region so I can check you live on this smell-a-vision show for COVID or disease X. Then I will have to study your ice cream cone and your kumquat in case you are hiding any gas-powered lawnmowers or hand grenades inside your junk. You might be plotting a scheme to perform jihad on our persons.
11: We need to end this now, Martha. I need to put my footsteps up Mr. Broccoli's backside. He's spewing too much white privilege.
9: You can try it. Billions of people can watch me beat you on live TV.
2: It's two-on-one, green dude. We are going to put you out to pasture just like we were to brand the Democratic National Committee.
6: Okay, everyone, that is it for tonight. Please support Build Back Better. Wear a stupid scam. Get your gene therapies. And make sure you take advantage of Gelobolus' special offer of 30% off on the Lysanica Suicide Pod. Please support our climate change agenda by euthanizing yourselves.
11: That's right, Martha. If something duck has are oh, the card, what we need to remove.
7: All right. So, hope that was all right.
4: Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> all
7: right. So, what else do we feel like getting into today?
10: Well, did you want to get in with the one topic I wanted to speak on earlier tonight? Yeah, of course. Uh, during yesterday, uh, last Thursday's show was when this came up to me after the show, and I know it's been a week, but I still think we need to talk about it a little bit, and the fact that uh, Fauci basically told the truth in Congress, which means he lied to America and the world. Right. And actually, if you want, I can play a clip before we start talking about this. So. Oh, of course. Go for it.
7: Exasperated.
10: Yeah,
5: 2008, President Bush gave him the like the Presidential Medal of Freedom because he had helped Solve for AIDS in Africa. And here we are all turning against them because of a pandemic that was politicized, and it is disgusting.
0: Rand Paul also is just a troll, like he, he has some personal vendetta with oh, Fauci wait. that we don't know about. I don't know, maybe Fauci's the other neighbor that wants to beat him up. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think though there's some real questions about how Anthony Fauci acted and what he said
5: and what he- Why was what he, he in charge? Why was the President of the United States, Donald Trump, not in
10: charge?
7: Nick, You were the chief of that one time.
10: <laughs> yeah, because that was the wrong actual interview I was looking for, but Okay, that's fine. That was uh the cast of the Hill bad mouthing Trump their badmouthing bad mouthing Rand Paul for talking talking bad about Fauci telling the truth that he lied to everybody in America and the world. But Fauci went up last week in a Senate subcommittee and had, they were talking about it. And um, Fauci admitted that, yes, he knew the masks wouldn't work. Uh, Yes, he in the long run thought herd herd, um, herd immunity would have been better. Um, the six-foot rule came to him in a dream or while he was like half awake in the middle of the night.
7: Oh, I heard it then, came from somebody in elementary school. And he just thought it sounded, or somebody thought it sounded good, so they ran with
10: it. Yeah. And then that's why I was trying to get the interview that... And then he admitted that, you know... The fact that the, the 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 bug should have you know came from Wuhan was not conspiracy. <clears throat> so that means he knew everything that we all said for three years.
7: And he and he called Rand Paul a liar for sharing about it.
10: Yes. And then turned around this last week and went well not all that's exactly lies by Rand Paul yeah
7: but he probably knows nothing's going to happen to him so it doesn't matter yeah but still they're not going to arrest him
10: and my wonder is why he's telling the truth now is that because the reason why he doesn't think they'll arrest him or is there something
7: else that's going on? Well, if everybody has the receipts, it's kind of hard to lie when you're under oath. Where the other ones, he was not under oath. So that's the difference. There's too many but
10: lawsuits. that means all the lockdowns were BS? All of yes. this little hints ideas on how to deal with the virus were BS. The
4: mm-hmm.
10: fact that the lab leak didn't exist was BS. And he knew all of that from day one and did not tell anybody. Right. And in
7: exchange, they, they want to go after us for misinformation regarding it, even though we told the truth.
10: Exactly.
7: So that that's what they're afraid of. The American government has become the biggest purveyor of fake news and and misinformation ever. And that's not, that's not a secret.
10: And that's what we've been saying for years after, you know, all of a sudden Fauci was involved in, you know, the virus. Yes. You know, and he took ground leadership to, you know, tell us what to do and what to think and everything else. And we said, you know, during that time that, you know, years ago, he was in charge of the AIDS epidemic and screwed that up, too. Why would anybody believe or trust this man, yet they still believed and trusted this man?
7: And they still, to this day. Even though he he was in a congressional hearing, he's in court, he had to admit under oath that scams don't work, and yet people are still going to wear scams because the, they they feel that that everybody has that a sketchhead, so nobody's going to remember anything or or they're not going to pay attention
10: so mr i am the science became i am the b s <laughs> Yeah, you could say that. Oh, believe me, I did.
7: (laughs) Excuse me. Yeah, but he's... uh, What's going to happen to him now is nothing.
0: They're not going to go after him. Of course not.
7: So now is the
0: time before,
7: before a real attorney general goes after him.
10: Yeah, 'cause that way, in the long run, the, the, the new attorney general, you know, he could tell him, no, I talked the truth, I spoke the truth. It's like when? After he almost destroyed a country and a planet with a bug?
7: Well, the thing is, is that Brandon can pardon him if he gets any prison sentence. Whereas if it's oh, while well, Trump sure. is in, or anything else, then that's out the window.
10: And I think that's one of the reasons why the Democrats are pushing so hard right now, too, because they know that if Trump gets in the White House again, he's going to blow this wide open. Right.
7: That's why you have, you have all these nations talking about how Trump is the most dangerous man ever in the history of the world. Because he's going to bring down, allegedly, the new world order. I don't know how believable that is. But that that's how they're selling it to us.
10: Yeah, maybe he could. Maybe, you know, I, I think there'll be, you know, Trump wants to drain the swamp. Vivek wants to shovel out the garbage from it.
4: Right. And I'm okay with
7: that.
10: But yeah, the, well, what I was looking for too was an interview that um, I can't find the link just yet either. They had it on Gutfeld the other night. And it was literally not only a congressional interview, there was like a personal TV interview or something on PBS or something
4: mm.
10: within the last few days that he actually, you know, verbally b- babbled on everything. And it was like really you know and then all of a sudden the congressional hearing came up and you know rand paul just ran him through the ringer at that point which i think was awesome <laughs> well
7: hopefully something happens this time and it's not just people talking and then and then he goes back home
10: well yeah i personally think he should be charged with treason, uh, charged with global homicide. I mean, that's just, a, you know, that's just the beginning of the list. Because he flat out told everybody, you know, I am the science. I This is my word and this is what should be done. And then everybody was like going, wait you know, isn't this going the wrong way? But no, I am the science. Trust me. Only to find out three years later that Mr. I am the science was, uh, I just made it up. woohoo.
4: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, but
7: that's but not going to stop them from, uh, from doing what they want to do. So, uh, I guess they feel mission accomplished on their end.
10: But it does prove how many people there really are in the world that actually believed him right? and that took it way too far.
7: Right. And I never once put a scam for any reason on my face.
10: I don't care. And then, you know, it, the, the funny thing is I used to watch videos, you know, during, you know, COVID and, you know, all those mm-hmm. the couple of years that went on that we had, couldn't do anything. So I spent a lot of time watching YouTube where they were doing videos of, uh, you know, people going into grocery stores and refusing to wear scams and everything else. Yeah. And they were going, oh, they're crazy. They want to kill people and everything and else. And it's like, wait, the people that were crazy were actually knew what they were talking about.
7: <laughs> but the, it's the only the, – just imagine how communist that sounds. You need to wear something to protect me. And uh, I'm protecting you by wearing this. If you don't wear this, even though I'm wearing this, this – scam that does not protect me against COVID, it's the best thing to protect me against COVID so if you're not wearing it then mine does not work and by the way you need to put your seatbelt on so mine works but that's the communist way of thinking though so therefore they were able to to dig those communist roots in
10: And now, uh, within the last day or last uh, few hours, especially like with the New York Times and everything else, there's articles now that say Chinese scientists shared coronavirus data with the U.S. before the pan- two weeks before the pandemic. Uh, oh, Wall right, Street Journal should... has lab mapped deadly coronavirus two weeks before Beijing told the world about it.
7: But they're they're now uh, and they're still funded the Wuhan labs. There's they're funding disease X right now. <laughs> yeah, and that's not stopping anytime soon. I only hear Rand Paul talking about it. I don't hear about anyone else trying to stop that.
10: Well, because Rand Paul was on the committee for that, you know, for the, the health organization. Well, not for the WHO or the CDC, but right. against them to make sure they were doing it the right way for the American people and everything, you know, the lockdowns and everything else. So he was the one that had to constantly question Fauci all the time. Right. And Fauci just fed him a bunch of crap for three years. And now all of a sudden, you know, the truth comes out.
7: <laughs> well, actually, I take that back. Ron Johnson was also trying to do some stuff. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, I've heard, her, I've heard her, her doing some speaking on it as well. But as a whole, there's not much discussion on, on trying to stop that, that Wuhan lab.
10: And see, that's the thing. It was the Chinese, you know, are finally admitting they mapped it out two weeks before it happened mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's like, you know, I wish people could have been a little more honest three years ago.
4: Well,
7: if it was uh, if it was three years ago, I mean, they they had the protection under Brandon. They they would have been okay.
10: I mean four years ago now but
4: yeah
10: Yeah. said but they knew two weeks before the virus accidentally got released to the world
7: accidentally yeah I'm sure
10: they air quoted that one well you know like I always said they couldn't get Trump out of office by impeachment so they tried to do it in a global way
7: Right. Something tells me, though, that they're they plan on going for it. So I that's all they have is uh, is going after Trump, because how are they going to sell people? Uh, look at Chicago with those electric vehicles last week during the vortex. Yeah. You're not going to get people to buy Tesla's. By the way, I don't know if you saw this. I think you I think I showed this to you. Did you see the CEO of United Airlines?
10: Uh, No.
7: Let me grab the article here. Yeah, I'm going to show it to you real quick. I thought I sent this to you, though.
10: You probably could have.
7: So the the CEO of United Airlines is doing drag shows.
10: <sighs> Why did and that so, not surprise me? Oh, I thought it might have been Spirit Airlines.
7: So he says that he's committed to ensuring that diversity wins out at the expense of safety and white males. And so he said that at minimum, 50% now of their employee base is going to be, uh, is going to be females and people of color. So I'm trying to understand how that's not racist. I don't know how this stuff doesn't go to the Supreme Court. Got me. To me, that sounds highly racist. But it goes further. So the airline, and I don't know if you saw this when I posted it yesterday or the day before, but they are now hiring, including pilots, They said it, being blind does not stop you from being an airline pilot. Yeah, I saw that. Being a quadriplegic will not stop
10: you from being a pilot. Uh, It would stop me from flying that airline, I'll tell you that. Now, I like Stevie
7: Wonder, but I don't want him flying my plane.
10: I like Stephen Hawking, but I wouldn't trust him to travel as a pilot overseas.
7: (laughs) And don't trust him around midgets now, either. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. how are they going to retain customers by, are they going to just publicly say, look, come fly United Airlines. We have the most blind, uh, we have the most blind pilots you'll ever meet.
10: Uh, there's disclaimer on the back of the ticket's going to end up being, you're flying with us. Good luck. <laughs> hmm.
7: I just can't I think that goes way beyond Bud Light. Bud Light, that's just a one by one drink. If you're if you're flying United and they're looking for blind and quadriplegic pilots, you're looking at killing hundreds of people at a time. That's worse than Bud Lighting yourself. Yes, they are. But I haven't heard anybody picking up on that just yet. I'm hoping.
10: Someone will probably figure it out. And, man, my voice is getting really hoarse now. <laughs> oh. Well, I
4: could
7: uh, – there's a J.P. Sears clip I wanted you to hear, so that that will rest you for a little bit. I do have a Russell right. Brand also. I don't mind going a little more clip-heavy in this last hour if you have
4: to.
10: No, that's cool. Go ahead.
4: Okay. All
7: right, I'm looking for my clips right now here. not on the 16th let me try the 15th there we go can
14: men get pregnant can men get pregnant (laughs) yes yes i don't know no No. you don't know
4: i don't
5: know
14: i believe a man can get pregnant
5: sometimes
14: I, i might have learned this in some
3: class i think
5: It depends on what they identify as whoa
3: The degeneration of
8: the minds of university students due to their indoctrination that they're paying dearly for is breathtaking. Welcome back to the J.C. React Channel, my beautiful, freedom-loving friend, where we like to call out the lies, hypocrisy, and corruption of tyrants and Satan, shine the light of awareness on woke absurdities, and highlight the amazing work of other freedom fighters. Have you heard the news? Men can get pregnant. I don't know what's wrong with me. I have repeatedly tried. I don't know if my eggs are just dried up or I need some pregnancy the hormonal in vitro ingestination, whatever it's called. But I've been having trouble. There is a stark contrast between this person, James Klug, shout out. By the way, you can see his channel here. This is an excellent video. We'll see, can men get pregnant, UPenn students versus street on James Klug's YouTube channel. So shout out, it's a great video. So he goes around at UPenn University, and, uh, what the hell was her name, Liz McGill? See you, lady. You're fired. But anyway, asking UPenn students, can men get pregnant? He's not leading them. He's just asking the question. And you'll see a stark contrast of answers compared to when he's walking around the streets asking, quote-unquote, regular people if men can get pregnant. The contrast makes the indoctrination which degenerates the minds of young people at universities glaringly obvious. So let's take a look. And by the way, let me know in the comments, do you think men can get pregnant? (laughs) Yes, I do. Then why don't men get pregnant?
14: I don't know. It is is not. What's going on, everyone? James Kluge here. Today, I'm in Philadelphia, and we're going to ask college students if men can get pregnant and then ask the same question to average people on the street. This should be a good time. Let's go talk to some people.
8: Shout out to myself for dropping out of college after three months. And by the way, that three months, I I very rarely went to college. I I found it insanely boring. And now looking back, I could see I had the ability to have an inability to learn about things that did not have a purpose. So uh, glad my mind was uh, probably warped by plenty of other things, but definitely not warped and shaped by college. By the way, how would you like to pay the most? for an education that does the worst for you. I'm not a
14: big fan of college. Can men get pregnant? <laughs> yes. yes. I don't know. No, no. Don't know. you don't know? I don't know. I believe a man can get pregnant.
5: Sometimes.
14: I, I might have learned this in some class, I think.
5: It depends on what they identify as. Well,
8: very consistent answers at UPenn University. <laughs> no. I think like, yeah, technically, yeah. But if you identify.
14: Technically, they can because I heard that.
5: And if I, as male, but you're biologically a female, you can. Yes.
14: Can men get pregnant?
8: <laughs> no. <laughs> Shout out to this guy. That's a stupid question. <laughs> but yeah, no. 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 Was that a trick question? No. I don't think so. No. Look at this. Like you go outside of the university. Why do people appear to be ten times smarter? I don't know you be the judge. Is there purposeful indoctrination to believe a leftist agenda that has satanic origins? Is that infiltrating universities to corrupt and therefore control the minds of young people? I have a hard time believing that that wouldn't be the case.
5: No, impossible. possible. You don't have a vagina to get pregnant.
6: I'm I'm getting a little worried about where this conversation is going, so.
8: It, yeah, it's going in the direction of common sense. I bet you are worried.
5: I will escape this conversation. Ooh.
8: I'm sorry. <laughs> By the way, the best way to escape something isn't to announce you're escaping it because you just want to, like, be a little more escapy while you do it. That's food for thought. I'm some okay. about it. I feel like this is a
14: controversial topic. I don't want to. Like- is it?
8: Isn't that interesting? College students are programmed to believe it's controversial to talk about if men can get pregnant. Some of us would say, "Oh, it's not controversial. It's nonsense. Like there's no controversy about it." (laughs) (laughs) Is it controversial?
5: It's controversial, definitely. Well, why is that? Because everyone has a different opinion of what a man is. (laughs) Isn't that
8: weird? College students, like everybody's got a different opinion on what a man is. Maybe that's the problem. Some would say. What a man is is not subject to opinion. It's not so much a subjective reality. It's more of an objective reality. What's your opinion on gravity? Well, I'm not really one who identifies with gravity, so I do a lot of walking off rooftops. I like to go skydiving without a parachute because my opinion on gravity is different than yours. Sometimes, in some cases, it is helpful to buy into objective reality instead of playing God with your subjective reality of like, well my mind and my imagination determines what the world around me is like. It's not necessarily always good to play God.
14: Um like what what source is this for? Like what's like the this is going on My He's
8: quick, that's good.
14: My
5: Well no, I guess men can't get pregnant, but a trans female could get pregnant. I trans yeah, female could get pregnant.
14: I might have to pass. That's like
8: a strange question. For by the way, like I'm gonna pass. I'm not gonna answer the question. Can men get pregnant? You got a choice: bravery or obedience. Like it, it would take next to no bravery to just say what you know to be true. No, oh, men can't get pregnant. That you're not a soldier on the battlefield, putting your brother over your back, taking gunfire, taking him to safety. That takes a lot of bravery. But the idea of like can get men get pregnant? No, that's like point one ounce of bravery and there's so much conditioning for obedience a lot of people are even scared to have that little amount of bravery expressed through
14: their words and actions at least in the current times you know
5: who might have been
14: trans female could get pregnant
5: I I yeah a man who wait did i say that wrong i don't know i might have Come
8: on. It's weird how Orwellian speak is like a little bit hard to track because it doesn't necessarily go in a straight line direction of truth. It's just like, oh, backwards is lies, deception. We, okay, we have to say the opposite of what reality is as though that is reality. That's kind of hard to track. Come on, you know that. Come on, man. You're a man, right? Yes, sir. Can you get knocked up? No, sir. All right, then why
14: would you ask me something crazy like that? It is a little crazy. Oh, you mean because trans people say that they can do that? No, you, men? How can men get pregnant?
13: You haven't gotten pregnant? No. I mean, it, it's
8: just great when you hear someone who's not brainwashed. Like, no, but what is wrong with you? Why would you ask me that?
5: I mean, if there is a trans man who was assigned female at birth, I'm not a professional on gender studies in any way. I guess in my opinion, like, um, you don't have to be biologically like biologically male to be a man. And so, yes, men can get pregnant. You said
14: you said yes. Well, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like technically, yes, like that's just like a fact, right? Wow,
8: technically, yes, that's just a fact, right, that men can get pregnant. That speaks to the absurd amount of brainwashing, how deep it's infiltrated the minds of young people at universities. And and this is a, a pretty good study because you can see in the bottom left corner, just, you know, if you don't recognize that's a college campus, Anytime he's talking to a college student or talking to someone on the street, and a non-college student, the stark contrast of someone like, yeah, like, I mean, it, it's a fact that men can get pregnant, right? That is a deep for brainwashing. Like to whoever wrote that brainwashing script and supplies the propaganda into Hollywood, the intimidation of woke culture to make you believe it, that's off to them. That's actually very impressive brainwashing. Might be satanic, but it is impressive. Though it's impressive,
14: I don't condone it. Can men get pregnant? Like, yeah, like, like technically they are able to, right? You and I, we're, we're not, we can't get pregnant? No, no, no. Do you mean, like, is it right to, or? You mean technically <clears throat> men can get pregnant? Well, yeah. You know, I'm talking to college students today. Some of them are saying absolutely yes. What's going on there? I don't know. This world's going to hell. That's all I know.
8: I think those are some wise words. <laughs> like college students are saying yes. Why Why would that be? The world's going to hell. I don't think the world is going to hell, but I think there is a hellish, satanic agenda that a virus, if you will, a pandemic of a mind virus that is running rampant at college campuses.
13: I don't see how they can physically get pregnant.
14: I have no idea. I've never heard of that ever. What on earth is going on there?
11: Yeah, I'm not sure. I never... I don't think that's real. It's what you call an illusion.
8: I call it um, an
9: a
11: illness of the mind.
8: Wow, that's not politically correct, but I would dare say it's correct. An illness of the mind to believe that men can get pregnant. Would it be an illness of the mind to believe gravity isn't real because you identify as a levitating person? Someone who's tripped out of their mind, jumping off a roof because they think they can fly. Is that an illness of the mind? I would dare say so.
7: The nature of what's going on with media
3: and everything else, they've, they've, they've grown accustomed to whatever it is, and, yeah. and so,
15: yeah, they probably they can believe that they could get pregnant, but the reality is they can't. Men don't have the necessary parts In order to carry a child to term, let's...
1: Is that true?
8: Men don't have the necessary parts to carry a child? Is that right? That's wrong? Okay. This guy's a Trump voter.
14: It's a hot topic. I would say they're a little bit confused, but um, obviously it's tough to say, especially in this campus. (laughs)
8: Like, it's not tough to say, actually.
15: (laughs) Maybe they are thinking of... Male seahorses?
14: Male is also female seahorses? How does that work? I'm not, I'm not that caught up on that seahorse, fun fact.
6: I'm not really either. But we do know something
14: along those lines.
8: There is uh, some rationalizations going on. I've heard this before, you know, like, hey, uh, like male seahorses, they can get pregnant. And I think another species of fish can as well. Like, Two species out of like millions on earth like they can do it so like we are that we are also seahorses because they do that and we want to pretend we do that so like we're I mean, we're more seahorse than we are person aren't we
15: something along those lines yeah
14: oh uh, well i guess that there's the debate that you could say okay like are you considering it on a basis of gender or sex and if you're saying a man based on gender could get pregnant then i think so but based on sex, so I guess it's people's definition of that. I wouldn't want to have a baby as a man. No, that would be, how would that work? I don't know. I don't know either. Hey, Kevin, uh,
8: start a fund to prevent my son from going to college. It's going to be pretty important.
14: Trans people
5: do and can experience. No, maybe they are women who identify as men.
14: Does that make them men?
5: If they believe they're men, then sure.
14: So you think maybe that's what some people are bringing up today when it comes to, yes, men can get pregnant? Is there women that think that they're men that are getting pregnant?
5: Not that they think they're men, that they identify as men. What's the difference?
14: That
8: makes it so. Like these women, they don't think they're men. They identify as men. And that makes it so. According to her, and like whatever studies or world culture she's been exposed to, it's, yeah, you pen. It's like, I could say, I think I'm a billionaire. Well, JP, that doesn't make you a billionaire. Well, you know what? I identify as a billionaire.
10: You're a billionaire!
8: Let me see. So we've established scientifically, I identify as a billionaire. Why does my bank account not validate this? Hey, Kevin, I said I, I identify as a billionaire. How come there's not billions in my bank account? It's almost like doesn't work.
5: Because thinking implies that they're not actually men.
14: Does identifying as a man also imply that as well?
5: No.
14: Like if, if, if they were a man, wouldn't you just not say that at all and you just say they're a man? Sure.
8: Well, there you have it. Nice snapshot of how the minds of university students work when it comes to the idea of can men get pregnant versus the minds of normal people, non-indoctrinated people, and I would dare say the best and brightest of society who have not gone through the sewage system that is universities. Pretty interesting contrast, how their minds work. And again, shout out to James Klug for this uh, really great video showing the contrast. With that said, my dear freedom-loving friend, I'm just an idiot. Please let me know in the comments, truly, if men can get pregnant or if this is just a wise tale. <laughs> I appreciate you watching this video. Look forward to seeing you on our next one. But First, I have something I wanna tell you about. One of the most beneficial practices in my health route.
12: Trump stormed off. All-, all right, so uh, if you wanted a comment,
7: now's a good time.
10: Uh, was that JP Reacts? Yes you know, for the longest time when he was doing videos, sarcastic videos about, you know, how liberals think. I didn't realize how much of a Republican he was. I thought, I mean, he plays the part of a liberal so well. Yeah. And that's why I said, I like watching him every once in a while. He's got a lot of great points. He
7: makes so me laugh. I have a, uh, go ahead and finish your point there. But after when you when we get done, there's a Russell Brand clip that's going to take us out to the end.
10: Oh, I was done. Go ahead with Russell.
7: All right. So I'll go ahead and play the clip. But after that, we're 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 going to have like two minutes, and I'm not going to come back on for
10: that. All right. Well, well, we send it out to Russell. Thanks, everybody, for showing up as usual. Thursday Night Proof, thanks for having me on. Well, thank
7: you for thanking me.
10: Always. (laughs) And I will be back next Thursday as well, hopefully with a better voice again.
7: Okay. All right. Sounds good. So I'll go ahead and play this out. So thank you, everybody. Please support the other shows on the network. Let's hear what Russell Brand had to say.
12: Trump stormed Iowa with more power than the blizzard that was consuming it, and the legacy media are in meltdown. But what is the reason for Trump's inevitable ascendancy? Who is making the Democrats unelectable? Is it Donald Trump, or is it the Democrats themselves? (coughs) Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Thanks for joining us on this voyage to truth and freedom, and amidst the blizzards of Iowa, Trump stands triumphant. Difficult to say that he is not popular in Iowa after an astounding victory like that. Very curious as well, the nature of Trump's victory speech. It is a definite modulation. Gone is the bombast and casually attacking, dissing and cussing Donald Trump. The more conciliatory. Nikki Haley did well. Vivek's a good guy, Donald Trump. Extraordinary. The legacy media are falling apart, assuming that Trump 2024 is an inevitability. How can they maintain that Joe Biden visibly waxen and cadaverous before our eyes can oppose this force Iowa seems to be the beginning of the end for Biden. Ten months to go yet, but it seems like an insurmountable surge of popularity. Is Trump the biggest threat American democracy faces, or is he an inevitability of institutional corruption, banality, and hypocrisy? Interjector, I'm sorry, I just have to do a little bit of business just for a second. Certainly one person who seems to be terrified of a Donald Trump victory, and even Donald Trump verbiage, is Rachel Maddow, who says that Donald Trump's speeches cannot be broadcast, presumably to protect us or just in case he does a misinformation or he slips out a malinformation or an untruth but of course anyone that knows anything about MSNBC knows that they regularly broadcast misinformation whether that's around the pandemic the medications that grew out of that era the Russiagate hoax, the Hunter Biden laptop, it's just which flavour of misinformation and which flavor of authoritarianism you, or indeed they, prefer. When you watch this, does this make Trump less appealing to you, or does it make him feel like some sexy elixir that can't even be shown on TV? Particularly if you actually watch the speech where it's just like, Nikki Haley, nice lady, Ron DeSantis, well done. I want to congratulate
1: Ron and Nikki for having a, a, good, a good time together. We're all having a good time together. <laughs> And uh, I think they both actually did very well. Very smart people, very capable people. It's not like you said, smash
12: the state, fight the power, blah, blah.
13: At this point in the evening, the projected winner of the Iowa caucuses um, has just started giving his victory speech. You know
12: Voldemort? We do
10: not speak his
12: name. You can't name him. The projected winner, he that must not be named, has got. oh my God, 51% of the entire vote. Anyway, we can't broadcast his speech in case he's so damn charismatic, even died in the wall. liberal voters turn over. The best thing that their liberal establishment could do right now if they wanted to damage Donald Trump is say, let me tell you something, I like Donald Trump. You should vote for him. You should get out there now and vote for Donald Trump. And then it'd be like with UFOs. What? They're putting UFOs on the news now? UFOs are angry. That's a hoax. The reason I'm saying this
13: is... Of course, there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. I don't
12: know if you could make him sound any more sexy if you tried. He's somewhere between a bourbon, a new strain of cannabis, and Jimi Hendrix. We cannot give you unfiltered Donald Trump. Better put some water with that Donald Trump. He might come out and thank Vivek for a
13: bravely fought campaign. (laughs) And honestly, earnestly, it is not an easy decision, but... There is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things.
12: Uh, Rachel, it stops with you. You take this thing, it stops. Is it still on YouTube? It's still on YouTube. Now we know that the vaccines work well
13: enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. That is a fundamental truth of our business and who we are. And so
12: his remarks tonight will not air here live. In a sense, we have the problem in microcosm right here. It's not misinformation. It's misinformation that's inconvenient to the establishment. It's not authoritarianism. It's authoritarianism that's inconvenient, if not to the establishment, their version of the establishment. It's absurd that you show a speech by Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley and not by Donald Trump, particularly if you've watched that speech. It simply could have been done by Jimmy Stewart. It's just sort of like, hey, thank you. I'm trying my best. It's Christmas. We will monitor them um,
13: and let you know about any news that he makes.
12: Also, you're giving him so much power. Even like if I was advising strategy, don't say he makes news. Don't say he's so sort of sexy and cool that if he's on the You're making him into an outlaw, you lunatics. You're making him more appealing than ever. Stop indicting him. You're indicting him all the way to the White House. It's because the basis of his
13: candidacy is he's running against politics. Right. He's running against politicians. He's running against
12: policy. He's running against the whole idea that a Congress does a thing. In a way, I actually agree with that. And I also feel that why would would you not analyze why would you not scrutinize with the same degree of disdain the activity within the Biden administration why would you not say possibly the reason that people are against politics policy the function of Congress is because there has been so much corruption so much deception how do we feel about the ongoing vilification of Donald Trump because like oh those kids in cages when we find out that Barack Obama built those cages how can we deal with the constant vilification of Trump because build a wall build a wall build a wall when Joe Biden's gonna build that wall anyway the whole thing seems like he's tribalism, favoritism, and inability to face the emergent id of the angry-working American people. And why are they angry? Why are they angry? It's because of this stuff.
13: In a country that has a strongman leader, he's running for a a, a situation in which he is the leader. There is no government. There isn't a policy process.
12: It's weird, though, because Donald Trump has actually been president for four years. So there's data available, some of which we'll share with you, about what actually happened while Donald Trump was in office. He didn't go right. You're all under arrest. Okay, Don Lemon, you're out. You know, I mean, people weren't lined up against the wall. What happened was, is there was a rise in some jobs, there was a fall in unemployment, broadly comparable to the preceding Obama administration. There was a lot of late-night talk show riffs and gags. It's very difficult if you ask me to make significant change within the turgid system of conventional American politics. That's certainly my position. Is You're not going to change it that much because there's so many layers of infrastructure. Indeed, Martin Guri, who's a brilliant source on this, and a liberal Democrat, broadly speaking, he wrote the amazing book, The Revolt of the Public, said, if you expect to become an authoritarian, you have to wield absolute control over a key institution of government, such as the military, like Franco, Perón, or Pinochet, from Spain, Argentina, and Chile, of course, or a mass movement with a paramilitary wing, like Lenin, Mussolini, or Mao. Neither condition applies to Donald Trump. Every federal institution is ferociously set against him. What would happen if Trump ordered the FBI or the 101st Airborne Division to start shooting Democrats? It's ridiculous. Donald Trump does not have a paramilitary wing at Mar-a-Lago. The hysteria around Trump has reached a pitch where you have to ignore it. We cannot continue to fight this system of corruption and injustice without your loyalty, power and support and without the partnership of the wonderful people we work with to keep the lights on both in and outside of our hearts. Recently, clusters of respiratory illnesses in Northern China, and what's being referred to as white lung syndrome in the United States are scattered across headlines right now. You've seen them, right? Drawing attention to the importance of being prepared for medical emergencies, with close to 90% of pharmaceuticals in the US being produced Outside of your country, what happens when the next global crisis strikes? It's disease X and you ain't got no medicine, baby! Countries clamp down on exports, you know that. They stockpile, the price of drugs rise and the pharmacy shelves in America end up barren. is already starting to happen. Well, the Wellness Company's medical emergency kit has got you covered for times like this. The Wellness Company is home to hero of the pandemic, Dr. Peter McCulloch. He's been on the show. Dr. Drew Pinsky, that buff lunatic. He's coming on soon. And other truth-telling doctors. It's not like the medical establishment is bad. It's full of wonderful, magnificent, healing, wonderful people. We all know them. We've all had our families or our own lives saved by these brilliant physicians. And these are the kind of medics you can trust. Void set of Americans say they would avoid a doctor or hospital unless it was a catastrophic situation. The wellness company's medical emergency kit provides a solution. This handy little kit includes eight potentially life-saving medications for you, along with a guidebook for safe use, case you oh no, I've eaten it, I'll put it in my ear. No, emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics to help keep you, your family, your loved ones, whoever you love, in safe and healthy in the face of natural disasters, supply chain shortages, or even medical emergencies like white lung or COVID, for example. Go to twc.health/brand and grab your medical emergency kit right now. That's twc.health/brand. Code Brand, by the way, will save you 10% off checkout. That's not bad, is it? Don't wait till it's too late. Take control of your health with the Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit. Okay, let's get back to fighting this bloody system. From the same article, Martin Gurry. What kind of person becomes an authoritarian? Well, it may look like fun, but authoritarianism is really hard work. You need to be in the prime of life in your 30s or 40s, like Lenin, Stalin, Mussolini, Hitler, Franco, Mao and Castro. Very rarely an exceptional person, such as Julius Caesar, is granted literal dictatorship. The Romans invented the entire idea. In his early 50s. So there you are. And isn't it more likely the reason that Trump is so appealing is because of his vitality, vivacity, rhetorical skill, ability to reach the emotional heart of Americans everywhere, and because what the Democrats are telling you the solution is a waxen cadaverous near zombie in the form of Joe Biden, who had this to say, looks like Donald Trump just won Iowa. He's the clear front runner for the other side at this point. But here's the thing. This election was always going to be you and me against extreme MAGA Republicans. It was true Yesterday and it will be true tomorrow In short, the legacy media and the establishment Themselves are doubling down on the idea that is That this is an extremist movement Rather than a populist one Populist is opposite to extremist It means it's spread out across a vast population If we are worried about the rise Of authoritarianism in this country We are worried about potential
13: rise of fascism In this country, if we're worried about our democracy Falling to an authoritarian And potentially fascist form of government
12: It's all black people that have worked Within the democrat party all people that are clearly affiliated with the Democrat party, sort of pretending to be the sort of goodies, and the sort of this is the sober, somber analysis. But really, this is just more hysteria, more propaganda. People have seen through that now. What they are doing is making the situation much, much worse, continually. And the American
13: electorate is made up of two major parties. One of those parties has been flirting with extremism on the ultra-right, For a very long time, they've brought them in in a way that they haven't been central to Republican electoral politics ever before, and I know because I've been studying this.
12: It's very interesting to make such sweeping statements about taxonomies and use terms like extreme right, while simultaneously indulging post-structuralist ideas like there's no such thing as identity or masculinity or femininity, all ideas that I'm absolutely open to in the infinite morasses and molasses of space. But if you say there is an absolute thing called extreme right rather than democracy, because what's just happened is a Republican Candidates has gone up against a bunch of other Republican candidates in Iowa, and every single district has gone, that guy, that's, I think, democracy.
13: And yes, Trumpism is sometimes what we call it. Mm-hmm. MAGA movement is probably a better way to do it. But there is an authoritarian mm-hmm. movement inside yes. Republican politics that isn't being bamboozled by Trump. Mm-hmm. They are pushing Trump yes. to get more and more right. extreme, because the more extreme things he says, the more they, so the they, they adhere to him. That, yeah. and, and, that, and that is coming from a very large proportion of the American right that adheres to the Republican Party. And that's why this is a Republican Party problem more than it is the problem mm-hmm. of one man and
12: his and leader. We, we, that and tie we together can the- Prior to Trump, we had four years of Obama. Since Trump, we've had four years of Biden. If Trump is as extreme as the legacy media are saying, surely we will have seen extreme fluctuations and extreme changes. Let's compare some of the data between these administrative periods and see if there's another reason why the Democrat Party might have gone into decline. Looking at the three years before COVID-19 made a mess of things, the US economy under Trump performed about the same as it had during the last three years under President Obama. The last three years of President Obama's administration saw an increase of 8.1 million jobs and a 2% point drop in the overall unemployment rate, decreasing from 6.2% in 2014 to 4.9% at the end of 2016. Under Trump the number of jobs increased by 6.5 million in his first three years and unemployment dropped from 4.4 percent to 3.7 percent similar comparable not a massive swing in either direction so whether you're fervently pro Donald Trump and you love him and his charisma and his easy style or if you love Barack Obama and his classiness or whatever you have to say that looking at these numbers Not that different, is it really? After losing the 2016 presidential election to Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton variously blamed WikiLeaks, Bernie Sanders, misogynistic voters, white women, former FBI Director James Comey, and above all, the Russian government for her defeat. And certainly the legacy media that won't show Donald Trump's victory speech in Iowa supported all of those stories pretty vociferously. Many of her supporters, not least those in the media, left to embrace her excuses. Just as many of Trump's supporters convinced themselves that the Biden campaign stole the 2020 election from their candidate, Democrats have found comfort in explanations for their failures that place the blame on others. But Clinton's 2016 defeat, in fact, was the culmination of a slow decay that first took hold within the Democratic party half a century ago. So none of these problems are being addressed, none of the scrutiny that's being applied to Trump, and even if Trump goes, and is he authoritarian, and what will he do if he wins in 2024? No one's saying, should we have a look at this party that we're unquestionably supporting 24 hours a day? What are they doing? What have they done? If this guy's so bad, why is it that we have to ban him in order to defeat him? Surely you would just go, do you want this guy? Or, you know, like, apparently he's so bloody charismatic, intoxicating and alluring, you can't even show him giving a polite appraisal of an Iowa caucus without all of us sort of losing our minds and following him into the forest. The Democrats today are increasingly becoming a party of upwardly mobile professionals and creatives. The party has shed much of its traditional working class base, which has started to show up in its legislative priorities. When you look at that panel of people, do you think, oh, these are working class Americans. These speak to ordinary working class people. When you see Rachel Maddow or Jen Tucker, I don't know anything about their backgrounds. They might be from blue collar backgrounds, they might, but they don't appear to be talking about, I don't know, fuel costs or infrastructural failure or the deterioration of America. American society, or many of the issues that, from what I gather, concern ordinary American people. The white working-class exodus from the party has been particularly severe, putting states like Ohio, which former President Barack Obama won twice, out of reach for the party. In 2020, less than a third of white working men, the very backbone of the old New Deal coalition, voted for Biden. And that was an improvement over the meagre 23% of white working men who backed Hillary in 2016. In the 1990s, the Democrats were in freefall. After losing the biggest landslide election in American history to Reagan, they had suffered 12 straight years of Republican control of the White House. Much of their industrial white working class base had defected to the GOP, alienated, both by the cultural radicalism of the new left professional activists who who had commandeered the party's intellectual infrastructure and by a democratic economic ideology that was increasingly indistinguishable from that of the Republicans. I think we all remember that Bill Clinton primarily became like, look, it's going to be basically the same steps. I've got a saxophone and there's going to be some crazy stuff going on in the Oval Office, kids. Desperate for a new strategy, Democratic operatives formed a centrist pro-business network called the Democratic Leadership Council to build the Democrats back into a nationally competitive political party again. Similar things happened in our country under Tony Blair. And similarly, it's created a kind of homogenized political space where no one feels that they really identify, I think, with either party. I don't think there's anyone that's passionate about, like, I really love them. There is no British equivalent to Trump, even, where you go, oh, this guy really is speaking to ordinary British people. It's just a Analysed space of career politicians who you feel would prefer to be at Davos than in Parliament. The DLC sought to co-opt the Republicans on economic growth and free trade while countering the new left's radicalising influence on the party's social and cultural agenda. The DLC found a perfect champion in Bill Clinton when he wasn't on holiday. Clinton was a free market true believer with enough affinity to the politics of the 60s to bring the new democratic intelligentsia under his wing. As a candidate that corporate CEOs and former student revolutionaries alike could get behind, Clinton forged a new electoral majority and brought the Democrats back into the White House. And as from an outsider's perspective, it seemed like, oh, this guy is really charismatic and good in front of a camera and people seem to like him, rather than this person is invested in serving American people. It was part of the show show businessification of American and subsequently British politics where, oh, as long as you've got someone who's good on camera and sounds all right, it doesn't really matter what they believe in. And I think that Clinton was like that, Obama's like that, in our country, Blair's like that. They say a bunch of stuff and seem kind of lovely when you're looking at them and listening to them. And then it comes to like the 2008 crash and they're like, Wall Street, we're on your side, baby. And that has made ordinary people think, I don't trust this lot Donald Trump as Dave Chappelle is fond of saying came out and goes you know that stuff you think we're doing in there that is what we're doing I know all these tax loopholes because I use them
9: he said I know the system is rigged because I use it
12: I said god damn all of her donors use them you're like oh my god this is amazing if you can't see why that would be appealing after the preceding 20 or 30 years then that's a deep strain of myopia that is a much more likely the problem than Donald Trump's evident charisma In office however Clinton bungled his careful balancing act In his campaign he had purported to speak for the forgotten middle class but as president he seemed to speak more loudly for Wall Street He pushed for NAFTA the founding of the World Trade Organization financial deregulation and permanent normal trade relations with China 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 In part thanks to Republican overreach Clinton persevered through two terms in the White House but his new Democrat rebrand did nothing to bring white working class voters back to the party. Eight years later Barack Obama met and even surpassed Clinton's electoral success but likewise failed to stem the blue collar bleeding for the long term. And again in office doubled down on the betrayal of ordinary people, legislated for and governed for elite and establishment interests. And the kind of perspective that you probably have and that I have is of like you can't trust these people and when Rachel Maddow says they're anti-political candidates that's why that's happened because I made my bones publicly in my country, the UK, saying there's no Point voting for anyone on a political TV show. You can't trust any of them. They're all the same. I basically said that. Why vote? We know it's not going to make any difference. We know that already. I say when there is a genuine alternative, a genuine option, then vote for that. But until then. Don't bother. There was a lot of outrage and controversy around it at the time, absurdly enough. But now I know we are the biggest constituency. Elsewhere in there, Rachel Maddow says that America is made up of Republicans and Democrats. No, it isn't. People are just like, oh, is this what we've got to deal with? That's why RFK is polling so spectacularly, because there's a significant number of people in your country and my country, and I think across the world, that want something actually different. Obama twice ran on an even more explicitly populist message than Clinton. But like Clinton, starts his cabinet and administration, with Wall Street ideologues. We've seen that happen again and again. We've seen people under Biden from Big Pharma getting jobs, from Wall Street getting jobs, from Big Tech getting jobs, and all these contracts being awarded. We know what the game is now. That's the real problem here. This is why I think Rachel Maddow and the legacy media have to amplify their hysteria, because so many of us now go, yeah, but it doesn't really make any difference. You can't trust any of these people. They're all in the clutches of establishment interests. And now we have to go, no, no, the Democrat does mean something. Congress does mean something. Don't you dare invade the Capitol. They have to sort of invest it with meaning because the meaning is drained out of it because of conduct, because of behavior, because of history, because of what we've all seen. This betrayal was even starker than it was with his predecessor coming as it did in the immediate wake of the global financial collapse. Obama prosecuted no high-level financial executives for the crimes that led to the meltdown and allowed his Wall Street advisors to mismanage his economic recovery plans. Unlike Clinton, he succeeded in creating the Democrats' long-sought universal health insurance program, but the law was a barely coherent patchwork of regulations written by healthcare lobbyists which provided inadequate subsidies and drove up premiums for millions of middle-class Americans who weren't covered by their employers. Again and again, you hear pledges and promises made. We beat Big Pharma this year. We beat Big Pharma this year. We beat Pharma this year! And then you find out that what it means is a few drugs are going to be capped from 2025 or whatever, or that no one is prosecuted for Wall Street, or healthcare is actually quite sort of temperate, really. In a sense, the meaning has drained out of the type of politics that Rachel Maddow is advocating for so anyone that is anti that is more appealing that's my analysis and that's why the results are in every single district in iowa against Ron DeSantis and nikki haley donald trump all the way and based on that he's going to be the candidate and i would say similarly based on that and looking at the total lack of trust in joe biden even among democrat voters 69 percent of them say that biden does not have the mental sharpness to be president it's unlikely that biden can beat trump Hillary Clinton shared Obama's reverence for Wall Street, but none of his talent for pretending to be a populist. Indeed, she didn't even try. Instead, she ran a campaign that was explicitly scornful of white working-class voters, maligning them as racists and misogynists. In sharp contrast to Obama's unifying message, Clinton directly appealed to the identity-based grievances of various constituency groups largely centred in the prosperous post-industrial metropolitan regions of the country. While accusing her opponent, Donald Trump, of campaigning on hate, she ran the most polarising campaign in living Clinton rallied the educated professionals of the new American knowledge economy to her side by leading their culture war against the denizens of the dying manufacturing towns and agricultural rural and exurban urban swathes of the country that had been emptied of jobs and stripped of community and social purpose by decades of deindustrialization championed by both parties. In that paragraph you get an economic understanding of the social realities that have led to Donald Trump's rise and the deterioration of the Democrat Party. And in a character like Clinton, with her inability to reach people through charisma, the problem becomes calcified because prior to her there was Obama and Clinton, Bill Clinton, who knew how to perform on camera. And Donald Trump knows how to do that. And if you look at even his Iowa victory speech, it looks like he's adopting a more conciliatory tone. And I would suggest learning the lessons of the Robert F Kennedy campaign but there's a lot of anti-establishment people out there that aren't down with the high revs rah, type of aggressive populist politics but are open for a kind of convivial conciliatory statesman like return to anti-establishment populism that's somewhat more inclusive. Certainly that seemed like a different side of Donald Trump in that speech. She couldn't have been a more useful foil for Trump if she had tried. While frequently spilling over into hyperbole or even outright bigotry, Trump merely played the other side of the culture war Clinton was waging. He lambasted the professional class's moral crusades on immigration, race, and criminal justice as cynically as Clinton celebrated them. But he also excoriated the free market orthodoxies of both parties, a critique that resonated with every working and middle-class voter who had lived through the Great Recession. Trump embraced protectionism and an industrial policy to restore American manufacturing. He rallied against the cultural elite, especially their loudest spokespeople in the media, and white working-class voters, including ones who had voted twice for Obama, rewarded him for it. This isn't the kind of analysis that you see on legacy media, is it? Because it's inconvenient. And one of the things I've had cause to reflect on lately is Albert Mazel's famous claim that tyranny is a deliberate removal of nuance. Well, the nuance is always stripped away in this new puritanical establishment legacy media propagandist machine. When they're talking about Trump, it's always, he's dangerous, he's racist, he's awful. They don't describe the circumstances of his rise. They don't describe his appeal. They don't describe their own culpability. They don't describe why they cannot amend and adjust because of their affiliations and funding and because of lobbying and because they're ultimately owned by financial interests comparable to the financial interests that have traditionally owned the Republican Party. They can't have those conversations so there's nothing they can do except continually condemn Donald Trump, continually lambast anyone who might be interested in Donald Trump's appeal without ever addressing the causes of this problem. It was principally Trump's mishandling of the coronavirus pandemic that led to his loss to Joe Biden who in his campaign distance himself from the avant-garde professional-class social justice politics that had come to dominate his party. Democrats hope that Biden's every-man appeal might win back some working-class voters to the party. That hasn't happened In fact Now the Democrats Are losing Non-white Working class voters Every election cycle Democrats lose More and more Of this demographic Despite his virulently Anti-immigrant rhetoric Between 2016 and 2020 Trump gained support Among Latino voters Joe Biden did 16 points worse Among Latinos Than Hillary Clinton Had four years earlier The Democrats Have an increasingly Tenuous hold On the Asian vote And their support Even from black Non-college educated voters Has begun to slip As of last summer Biden fell short of earning the support of a majority of non-white voters without a college degree. A third of these voters preferred Trump. Today, the Democrats and the Republicans are virtually tied in voters' perception of which party is best for the middle class. Americans as a whole no longer take the Democrats for granted as the party that fights for ordinary people and are just as likely to regard the Republicans as such. This is a historical sea change. So you have a historical result in Iowa, where Donald Trump, the most indicted president in history, is on the rise. You have a Democrat party that is flailing. You have a legacy media that is unwilling and unable to offer a mere culpa. You have a Democrat party that's unwilling to give a meaningful and viable candidate at this point. So the way things look after the Iowa caucus is Trump victory, 2024 but that's just what i think why don't you let me know what you think in the comments below remember you can support our work and our content by becoming a member of our awakened wonders locals community there's a link in the description that shows you how to do that join us if you can but more important than that please hey thanks for watching if you want to see more uncensored content where free speech can flourish join our live stream click the link right here to watch the next video if you want to or become a member of a growing movement